We just wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to our newest patrons, Champ Bailey, Jesse Tonkinson, Mike Beck, and the real Champ Bailey. Yes, you heard that right. We have dueling Champ Baileys. This is hilarious and we love it. Thank you again and enjoy the podcast. Shut up and sit down. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Riding my bicycle, 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 riding my bike. But you're probably asking yourself, is it worth it? Bicycle, bicycle, riding my bike. Take it or leave it. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Warren Buffett once said only buy something that you'd be perfectly happy to hold if the market shut down for 10 years. Does this hold true for bikes? Quite possibly. What do you like the idea of more than you actually like the thing itself? Love it or leave it. What are your thoughts on a man with a mustache? I love them. I love them. I think they're sexy and must they have the curve. I don't know. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance without his pants. Right here what? in studio. Uh, what? Well, I do have pants on. Okay. Sorry. It's shorts. It's radio. No one knows. Pants. It's radio. Shorts. As far as oh, you no, no, know. No, it is pants, actually. It's full on pants. Oh, it is pants. Go. I'm wearing pants with my suede vans. Are those kind of like the stretchy pants? <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. Very comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been Pants Talk. It's Pants Talk <laughs> with Dr. Hepler. Still have the mustache? <laughs> stash is still, cleaned up a bit. Stash is stash still, still there. Uh, good. Yep. <laughs> to his right, Evan Price. What are we all drinking today? We actually have a lot of different... Oh, no. It's very LaCroix heavy today. It's LaCroix heavy. It's very LaCroix heavy. No. Nope. Cool. I have a Polar. I have yeah. a Polar sparkling water black cherry. Okay. Lance is being the, the black sheep over Courtesy there. Courtesy of Mr. Jake Bond. I have the Pample Moose, which Pim- I... Pamplima Moose. I don't know what flavor that is. Cassie tells me it's maybe a grapefruit. Is it grapefruit? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what Pample Moose is. No, no, Google Somebody it. please message us. It's, what is, what is Pample it's all, Moose? It's, it's not real anyway, whatever it is. Whatever they're putting in there, rat poison. It's not real. <laughs> Tastes great, rat poison. What mm-hmm. you got going on there, Matt? I'm drinking a Tangarine. Tangarine LaCroix. Uh-huh. It's grapefruit, by the way. Got the LaCroix High Biscus. Ooh. High, high Biscus. Dashing. Biscus. High Biscuit. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Good. <laughs> and some coffee. There we go. Devin's right, Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs? You guys are looking fantastic. Thank you. Matt's completely yep. clean-shaven today. Yeah, I um, even Oh, the, wow. Oh, even wow. shaved his head. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I wear a hat. Wow. I always wear a hat because I'm bald. Grab some of the sunglasses over there. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. Bald and shiny. Keep her, keep her I like it. Was, yeah. there, was there a reason for that? Uh, n- well, I don't know. Just getting old. Just getting old. Shave <laughs> off my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let us backpedal because he's the only one who raced to the table. Let's start with Lance. Yeah. I did a race this a week. A real race. An actual. You're a real boy. I'm a real boy. <laughs> You're the only real cyclist at this table <laughs> or in most of Vancouver right now. So <laughs> I still put in a pretty big week, like 17 hours. But um, yes, there was an actual race and we it, it actually happened. Uh, it was a mountain bike cross country race. Um, the, the, this is a mudslinger event put on by Mike, Ripley, Mike Ripley. Thank you for putting this on. He, um, took extreme measures to make sure that we were social distancing. So there was a lot of different rules with this race. Um, 
we had to we had to stagger our start times, which mm-hmm. meant so they actually did it as a time trial where when you roll up to the start area, you had a you had a specific start time, mm-hmm. and when you rolled up, you crossed the mat. That's when your time started. It was roughly a, I want to say it was a twelve mile course with almost um, like twenty five hundred feet of climbing. So it was a lot. It's a ton of, of climbing. climbing. Um, and I think this is kind of like the way I read about it was like this is almost like a blueprint for how races should potentially go forward for the next little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, it, like even the pick up your you know numbers yeah. and things like that like so the way yeah. it worked is everybody was given a start time you couldn't show up to the venue until 45 minutes before your start time right. when you went to pick up your packet packet pickup was one way they handed you your stuff so all of that was staggered that was all staggered which is awesome right so like when i got there and went to pick up my packet i was literally the only person in line Maybe all races should do this anyway, even right. like virus. Because you know like, how, wh- how many times have you waited in, in line for a packet? All the waivers were signed online. You had to virtually sign yep. all the waivers, so there was no like transfer back and forth of of um, of paperwork or anything. Yeah. the The race was chip timed, so you have you got right. a chip that you placed on the fork of your bike, hmm. and so that's why it made it a race. The start was not. It was two miles away from where the like packet pickup was, so oh, gotcha. that it was it was a ways away. So you you warmed up and rode out to the start area, and you had to wear a buff. Mm-hmm. In anytime you were in the start area or anytime you were um, at the packet pickup area, you always had to wear a buff. Uh, but as soon as the race started, if you weren't within thirty feet of somebody, you didn't have to have your buff up. Right. So. Because the way it worked out, I was literally not around more than within ten feet of three people the entire day. So it that's safer than the grocery store. It yes yeah yeah actually <laughs> that's, really that's way safer than the grocery store yeah yeah. So the drawback with time trial type racing is um, it's time trial type it's racing. It's time trial type <laughs> racing. So you, right. so you didn't know where you stood while you were racing. Mm-hmm. So were you were you disappointed because it was time trial style racing, or were you just happy to be racing? Um. I think I would have, I, if it wasn't time trial, I would have rested more in certain areas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have, I sure. would have just tried to stay with my group's leaders up the first climb so that I didn't roast yeah. myself. Instead, you just went off. I just Roasted went myself. friggin' full gas <laughs> the whole way. Yeah. I like, how much time did it take you? The race, yeah, it was an hour and thirteen minutes. An hour and thirteen minutes was my actual race time. That's, you know, for cyclocross, that's comparable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so, it, so and like on the big climbs, I just okay, I parked it right at a heart rate and a power number, and I just stuck with it because there was like a two mile climb and a two and a half mile climb, and then a yeah. mile and a half long climb. There that's was there was lots of climbing, climbing in it. What kind of climbs were they? Single track, fire road, all the climbs. Road. All the climbs were were uh, like uh, double track, like backcountry roads, kind of like almost like a little walking trail kind of thing. Uh, well, no, there were, it was um, it was like a like heading out to logging areas. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So they, there was there was room to pass on all the climbs if okay. you caught somebody, and then you would cut into several different single track areas. That was my next question. How many people did you catch during the course of the race? Uh, about 
10. Okay. <laughs> when so, you caught them all dang. in the climbs, right? Because was, that's your majority of your time you're yeah. spending climbing. Correct. What was protocol on that? Uh, every time you got within somebody, uh, you were going to pass, you had to pull your mask up. Did you have to say anything so they pulled their mask they, up also? You, like, I, I'm I, catching you, you dirty, dirty. I bleep, was doing bleep. this. <laughs> <laughs> they knew I was coming. <laughs> I could not sneak up on anybody because you I was... You can usually hear Lance's breathing can, from a good 500 me meters away. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, on... I, like the first climb, I caught like five people, like right off the bat, because I was trying to go hard. Plus, I pre-rode the course, and I knew it was going to be advantageous for me to hit the single tracks in front of whoever I was there. Oh yeah, so absolutely. You're not passing, right? I, I w- well, I did pass some people on, on single, single tracks, track. but but then we talked it out. I'm behind the guy, and I'm like, just whenever it's safe, just let me go whenever it's safe. And totally. And he would like, yeah, okay, go now. And so, I did pass a some people on and everyone's cool everyone's totally cool. awesome yeah how many times did you get passed i did 43 i did not get passed <laughs> <laughs> i actually had a great day um it, yesterday it was so fun to actually finally be racing again yeah. i was just completely stoked for it so there was only about a hundred people that did the race mm-hmm. that's the other thing because of all the social distancing there could only be a certain amount of people that they could bring to the venue so but um, a lot of people didn't race just because everybody's still nervous. Oh, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it safe? Totally. Is this going to work? Is it not going to work? How's this all going to go? So, Teammate in Patreon, Chris Surratt, also raced. Correct? He did. We actually had a blast together. I went and picked Chris up at his house. Oh, cool. We drove to the venue together so it'd be one less vehicle. We uh, He went before me because he was racing in the Cat 1 mm-hmm. division. The... Uh, 19 to 44 age category and i was racing in the cat 250 to 59 category so our start times our start times times were like uh, 45 minutes apart or something like that so how did he do he he did good he ended up fourth in his category wow job chris yeah now did he beat you was well because you can compare times yeah you can yeah uh, maybe for the first time in my life, I beat Chris Rapp. What? Oh, boy. What? Chris. Wow. Man, you cannot ever that. let that happen again. Let's add, <laughs> oh, he Let's he add another know. layer to that. Lance raced in the Cat 2, 50 to, or, yeah, 50 50, to 59. 59. Lance, how would you have placed if you'd raced in the Cat 145 plus? Uh, I would have won that by 30 seconds. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Does that mean you just get an upgrade now? Is uh, that well, how mountain biking works? Actually... Once you hit 50, mm-hmm. you can self-select into the Cat 2. You don't have gotcha. to race the Cat 1s. There was a 52-year-old. Year, uh, his name's uh, Jonathan Myers. He races for Team S&M. Uh-huh. He mm-hmm. smoked me, but he raced as an elite. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. So, but, um, yeah, I actually ended up beating all the 40-year-olds, all the 50-year-olds, um, and even the 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 nineteen to thirty nine year olds, that whole group, only one person in there beat me. Wow, I'm embarrassed. And he was twenty one. He was twenty one years old. <laughs> it was kind of cool because we we caught each other. He's this twenty one year old from Bend. We caught each other with with like four miles to go, and we and this is odd. I was catching him on the climbs, and then he would catch up to me on like the descent. And then as soon as we hit the single track, I was like smoking him on the single track sections. Huh. 
So he ended up beating me by two seconds. Ooh. But we didn't <laughs> know. Close. We were just yeah, like. That's the hard part of a time trial. Hammering hard. So I had a blast. Well I, done. I won a race. Good I job. was super stoked for it. There was, it was good to be out there. Everybody kept separate. The, the awards ceremony was virtual. He just did it on Instagram live. That's cool. So, um, I, I had a good time. So yeah, you, you know, so now we are catting up. It takes about 33 races to cat up and, <laughs> yeah, right. and we're there racing, we're racing about once per year. Once per uh-huh. year. So we're, you're, so you know, at this rate, you know, Lake good. is going to have to take over his, his license at some point <laughs> yes. and then 20 years into Lake's career. That could be, work. Yeah. <laughs> I had a ton of other fun stuff that happened. This It was funny after the race, uh, uh, Surratt and I, we got done with the race. It was only like, I don't know. It was like noon and I'm yeah. like, let's go ride. Hey, Let's let's go to Alcia Falls. It's a it's a it's a mountain biking like downhill mountain biking area that I've never been to and he's been to several times and I'm like, "Let's go to Alcia Falls and ride a lap." He's like, "Yeah." That's cool. <laughs> so we rode we drove like 45 minutes to this place and then went and assaulted this uh other mountain biking area. How was that? It was a blast. There's it's it was an 11-mile loop. It was five miles climbing, 2,000 feet up to wow. get to the Jeez. top. <laughs> and then it was um, it was like six miles of just beautifully smooth single track coming down. Nice. So we we had a blast. We just went out there as a victory lap just to sure. have awesome. fun. But still, you're getting some mountain biking in, and you haven't yeah, ridden like that bike three, as much. like three, four hours of that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. ridden it a whole lot. And, um, yeah. Getting I, ready for cross season. I was trying to... If there's going to be a cross may not season, happen. it's probably not going to happen. No. <laughs> I am not hopeful that there's going to be a lot of racing. Looking you good. can't do... I don't think they're going to time trial cross you season. You can't <laughs> do time trials in cyclocross. I mean... You could. You could, but... Limit you, the field. Yeah, really the short, limit the fields could like be like 20 though, people. Yeah. yeah, it would be... It'd be a mess. It'd be a mess to do that. Yeah, but, I don't think that would really be cyclocross. No. <laughs> You'd call that something else, it'd but... Be, yeah, it'd be fun. Else. It'd be fun. It'd still be fun. This is going to be the year of triathletes. We all have time trial bikes. Yeah. This is great. Let's do it. <laughs> Triathlon takeover. <laughs> but I had a great weekend. I just had a ton of fun, so... Cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mr. Evan Price. How was your week? I kind of did a race. It was just... I was the only Virtual. one in it, so I think I won. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and wait, are you talking about the, the Strava yeah. segment yes. out at Vancouver Lake? Yeah. You definitely won that. I treated it oh like gosh. a race. I pretended like it was a race in my head. So. Evan went out, yeah. and, and this segment that... that uh, I've been that, planning to go after this one for, <laughs> for about a month or two now. Jake and I have... We've gone out and taken a couple stabs at that Jake had mm-hmm. the KOM for a while before somebody else took it. Evan, First, it was mine, okay, guys? Oh, yeah. It was right. originally it Matt's was Matt. KOM. Wait, it's been yes. around the table. <laughs> yeah. It's been all the way around yes, the table. It has been all I've way never around had the table. it. I've only helped Jake it count. count. Uh-huh. You count. It's been yeah. around the, just say it's been around the table. Yeah. But Evan yep. went out on his time trial bike and smoked it. He I wanted to it. try and put that one out of reach for a while. That was. Yeah, so how Tonk, was that? Tonk had it. Oh, yeah, Tonk, Tonk had, had it. it. So, so so Tonk he, and Handel had gone out there and put out a strong time. Yep. Like they were just yeah. under 26 mile an hour average. Yeah. And I mean that's, you know, that's tough out there because, you know, wind conditions and all that. So sure. they, yeah. They and it's like 35 40 minute segment. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 a it's a long, long segment. It's a nice honest segment because no matter what, the wind's either going to be like Against on your back you or in, yep. in your face. Yeah, yeah or cross or anything like that. Because yeah. the wind kind of goes either of those directions. So, unless yeah. you catch some sort of weird. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, it ended up being, you know, just woke up Friday. We were 
Um, so we um, had a group, a small group riding from the clinic that was going um, up to Crown Point, which was going to be awesome. And I was like, you guys go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and go back home and prep for a race, basically. And <laughs> um, the Jake this week had put together my time trial bike, which I can embarrassingly say stayed in that box <laughs> post my last race last year, which it's was Santa Cruz. We're talking eight months ago, I think. Yeah, and then that he brought the case not, down here because he said he was going to build it. And, it and then sat, it stayed there for a month. About a month, yeah. About I'm a like, month it sat there. I'm like, I'm just going to build it. <laughs> so. And Jake built it like an absolute champ. So I felt obligated to then go and try to beat him by as much as possible <laughs> thereafter. <laughs> Thanks, after Jake. Jake so nicely put together the bike. But yeah, it was it was a good more. You, you know when you wake up and your legs, like I was trying to describe this to Guy Van, like your legs just feel twitchy. You like no, it's gonna be a good day. It's yeah. just like your legs are like almost shaking in the morning. Probably because I had two Red Bulls right popping. before. Yep. But yeah, <laughs> Jake, Jake uh, asked me how the race went, and I said uh, I, I made the comment my legs were popping, popping. There you go. Yes. the race because I just yes. knew I just felt good. And that's that good feeling when you know it's like oh this is gonna hurt, but it doesn't matter. Like you know your legs are gonna be yeah. fine the entire time. So I I honestly hit the end of that time trial. I think I averaged twenty seven for the segment, which is would have been 36 minutes or something like that or 35 minutes yeah it was 35 something 35 and a half yeah I honestly could have kept on holding that power for another 15-20 minutes like I felt that good at the end of it no you, you couldn't did you catch the lights and things like we were talking about before you needed to like catch the yeah yeah no yeah. so so on the way back in it was green and I was like oh perfect I'm just sprinting straight through this yeah. light so which is fine yeah. oh yeah but the yeah. start I think is the more one that's more important I, I timed it so that I went up came back down and then carried some speed into the course when it was green okay yeah yeah so that's why when I rode out there yesterday, I was already six seconds behind just from like the very get. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. On your mark, get set, go. Oh, by the way, you're six seconds I, behind. I was like, cooking it at about 25 right. miles an hour to start the <laughs> segment. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I hope that that, because that's a perfect little long, like, yeah, if you're is. in a group, you can just trade pulls through there. And we've done that before on yeah. rides out there. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see, you know, once a group, we're in the- A group could go snag that still. Yeah. yeah. It's just going to be a Peloton. Yeah. 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 You just got to get over 27 miles an hour for it, which is, I think if we had the right seven or eight guys or whatever, you know, once we're into phase three yeah. in Clark County, that's, yeah, that's not going to be a too tall. You have task. wiped out on that turnaround before. I have. <laughs> were you scared? Were I you was scared? very careful going on the turnaround. <laughs> I was making sure I was not going to flat on the way out. <laughs> but no, then uh, after that, rode with David and Dustin for a little bit and then came back and tried to do a time trial 10 mile and just the legs weren't there. So I just ran tempo for 10 miles and oh. my, my, my run legs are good, but they're not fully back yet. So I need... I, I think I some. saw that too. You kind of did yeah. the same thing kind of out towards Vancouver Lake. Yeah. Six minute pace-ish. Yeah. Like and I wanted to be closer to that 530 pace, but like the first mile was like around, yeah. like the first couple were in that sub 540 range. I was like, no. This How's is your hip feeling? Today. It's feeling good. Like it, it, it is, um, it's just, I think after such a big bike block and I think the, me, me and Cassie were talking about this yesterday. I, I did like nothing yesterday. A Sunday, I just swam with some of the juniors that I coach and then just took it easy the rest of the day because- I think I'm just kind of feeling the effects the last three months of bike training and sure. need, a, need a sure. little bit of time. So we'll see. Probably should be feeling good this week, though. But we were talking about goal setting, and I'm not really, I think I got a couple ideas of what I want to do next, but it's solo Ironman. Solo Ironman. I'd like to get large back from, from the one and only Tonk. Grabbing Tonk KOMs are like, you have to like taper for those. Yeah. <laughs> he was so fit this year. It's yeah. like so hard. 
to go after his KOMs because you're like, all right, well, I got to be like fully ready to go for this thing. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no, like, you can't it's just It's not be like you're, you're out on mid ride. Yeah, and like, you're like, oh, oh I'll talk KOM. Yeah, let's, let's just let's, go for this. Let's go for this. <laughs> yeah, you get to be like fueled up. Exactly. And yeah. properly. I got to be in like Guy Van's watermelon one suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just like, I need to. So yeah, that's basically going to be the next couple months of my life is trying to trying to get Tong's KOMs, which I'm probably going to fail on at least 50% of them. So, well, at least you can uh, rest assured if you do get one that he's not going to. Well, he knowing him, he probably would drive back in that. Oh, jump. he would, he would, yeah. <laughs> and he could on dead legs just go ahead and go and give it a good solid yeah. shot again. So yeah. yeah, that's cool. Cool. Anything else? No, that was basically it. Yeah. Hey, Matt Legrand, backpedal. All right, Mike, I can keep mine quick. Ran a couple times, swam a couple times. I did some uh, lake swims. I do not have a bike to ride. <laughs> there should be a song about that. But he does have a son who just currently. Uh, my oldest kid is, you know, really enjoying running, which is amazing. It's awesome. And we've been every weekend building up his long run to go for this goal of trying to run the length of Heritage Trail. It's about seven miles. This Saturday, he did it, which was super cool. Wow. And he was fine. He did well on that, which was super fun. He's also and not that old. so He's 10. Yeah. He's 10 years old. Ten. That's like 4 million steps, 7 miles. <laughs> got his, he got his steps in for the day. <laughs> should yeah. send Barrett down there with you guys. Oh, my gosh. He'd Barrett's probably a stud. Up, yeah. yeah. He's mm-hmm. a stud. He's been riding his bike a lot, though, but uh, he needs to get some running in. Yeah. 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 Cool. Haven't been swimming in the pool that much, mostly open water, but this morning I, I got, got in the, the, pool, got in the pool. Oh, you so got in the pool? This morning I did, yeah. So that was interesting. Nice. It was something. Did you have to like schedule before and all yep. that? Yeah, got to schedule. Stuff. You know, well, I mean, I I did master's practice, but yeah, you kind of have to like schedule it and. Gotcha. Yes, I did go for a second run. So, here's as I talked to my PT, mm-hmm. I did you know so even going like for a slow seven miles with Ethan, I was still like sore the next day because I you know I, I yeah. really need to kind of like ease back into the uh, running on the Achilles. Mm-hmm. I went for another run on Sunday. And I didn't know what to do. I just went out there and I was like, I'm just going to go run around. And I did all these trails that I haven't done in a while, which is like, you know, Heritage to Round Lake to Fallen Leaf, like just like the really, really pretty single track trail stuff. And I was running up this hill and one of the, there's like a church that you run up through Mm -hmm. and they were having service. So I try to be respectful and like kind of walk through the church service yeah (laughs) and i took out my earbud that you know that i was listening to whatever and i listened to their music or whatever they're super nice they were like come join us and i'm like i don't know if the short shorts you know (laughs) the short shorts they they do look good Mm -hmm. they look good it's a formal short short my match is church of the sunday long run but this is uh but that was cool and i was like i even like took a picture trying to sneak a picture like because they're you know like we have a whole bunch of people that are like i really want to go to church and do all these things and i'm like here's this church they're doing it man they're they're outdoors they're getting it done like whatever people are you know faced with all these challenges and you can't go sit next to people in a pew or whatever and indoors these people are still getting it done they're doing it outdoors so i was just like thinking that was really cool and um took my earbud off went kept running or whatever and i had kind of like tucked it into my shorts and then kind of at the end of my run i was talking to this guy that works on the trails uh and 
I like was like, oh yeah, I need to grab that earbud. And it was just gone. And I was thinking to myself, that was so dumb. Are you talking I, about an, an AirPod? Or? It wasn't, well, so I don't pay for the really fancy expensive. Yeah, but it's something <laughs> like an AirPod. Yeah, it, it kind just, of wraps around your ear. And okay. I just took it and I like tucked it in my shorts <laughs> and then went for the rest of my run, which is only another like two miles Yeah, and lost it. Yeah, who knows? Nope. So wait, and you didn't you say you lost yours also? <laughs> so, so there's there's some and, 16 year old there with a nice no. yeah was with it right or left which ones <laughs> which ones was, yeah mine was right if you lost a left one and then didn't Tonk lose glasses or something he like did that? lose glasses so someone's not out there with just tons of gear <laughs> exactly gear. yeah no I I you probably I ride with AirPods those are nicer with Apple little, AirPods little, little nicer than and they they fit in my ears pretty good and they yeah. stand pretty well and I've been riding with a couple years and I've never lost one uh, this week one fell out mid ride and that hasn't happened in a long time. I was going very hard on a flat segment yeah. and sprinting through an area. And as I was sprinting, um, I felt it like fall out and I saw it hit Doink. the road and like skid across the road. Were you like, and my no thought cars. was, oh, well, it like went to the gutter. Oh, okay. Oh, no. And I thought, okay, I'm going to finish the segment first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish this segment and I'll come back. So, yes, I would. I do have a small story to add to this. Did you find it? I finished the segment. I came back. It took me a solid 10 minutes, but I found the AirPod and it was still fine. I just put it back in and kept writing. So, I chucked a water (laughs) bottle before um, I went after the segment on Friday. David and Dustin are not going to let me live this down. So, I just threw it by this bush and I was like, I'll just get it as soon as the segment's done. You know, oh, no big deal. You guys were looking. So for a this is bottle. this is if anybody saw my title afterwards. <laughs> there was the three amigos look for a bottle that some Joker dropped. I was the Joker, but <laughs> got done with it. Came back and I was like, "Hey, Dave, Dusty, yeah, let's uh, go and give. I just got to you know grab this bottle." Thirty minutes later, after searching, cannot find this bottle. It's gone. Not only that, I also ran by that area, still looking yeah. for the bottle. Somebody, still could. So somebody, somebody just picked it up. It up. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were like, I mean, it was a small area that this thing could have been. <laughs> Just I could not find it. So somebody out there has that's too funny. Water bottle, water bottle, sun, tonk sunglasses, tonk sunglasses. Yep. Two two beautiful earpods. Wait, just one, <laughs> just, just one, one cheap earpod. One cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was he almost got his hands on the nice this, one. But. This morning I was like, my legs are really trash, but I should go for another run and go look for that thing. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, those things are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Google's right here. <laughs> awesome. Is that it, Matt? That's it. Nice week. <laughs> it was a good week, yeah. Hell of a week. Yep. Hell of a week. Uh, mine, real quick, before we move on, rode on the trainer a couple times, mm-hmm. took a day off, and went for a bicycle ride outside with Lance for yes. the first time in three weeks. Woo. So Doc gave me the uh, the go-ahead to go out there, and um, it wasn't too bad. You know what it made what? all the difference in the world? That stupid cortisone shot still is making yeah. me feel so much better. Uh, yeah. You're able to sleep on their left side for the first time and. Since the surgery, yeah. yeah, for a while, and then yeah. um, still was doing all of my physical therapy. Saw you mm-hmm. what, five times last week. Yep. Did my continuous passive motion machine? That dreaded thing is leaving today. It's leaving my <laughs> no, house. I was when it's leaving. At one yeah. thirty today, it's gone. <laughs> and I don't have to ever look at it again. It's gonna so. be like the office where they're like, "Hey, I have one more parting gift for you guys: oh, yeah. the printer." Yep. <laughs> exactly. We're just gonna break it out and a couple of baseball bats. Play the and, song in the background. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So I went out and rode with Lance and um, didn't feel too bad. That was oh, kind of- le- le- Jake's legs are just fine. Yeah. yeah. Well. He, he decided to chase a segment, and it was all I could do just to stay on his oh. wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and he got the segment. So, yeah. That was fun. Hey man, 20, yeah. hours, 20 hours a week is not enough to stay up with <laughs> no. just recently recovered Jake. <laughs> 
And then I went out again on Saturday by myself and, and jumped on the gravel bike, even though I wasn't supposed to. And the reason why I chose that bike is because it's ergonomically much more comfortable than the road yeah, bike. Yeah. You're sitting a little bit more upright. It's stable. It's got a little cushion in it. So I mm-hmm. went on gravel roads and I was very uh, selective about the roads that I was riding on. And it was actually pretty nice and comfortable. So did that for a couple hours and then went out again yesterday with the world famous Climbing Martins. Oh. Did yes. a little Frenchman's bar ride. And um, yeah, that was fun too. So. Yeah. That's I good. got in, what was it, six and a half hours on the bike this weekend. Oh, wow. Between Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's a big comeback post op. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I know Guy Van went after that uh, Washougal Dyke, which is where Jacob uh, t- took the gravel road out to. And I did realize while we were out there, the, all those potholes are gone. They filled them in That's with gravel. That's so smooth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he went after that segment, huh? He did. He was close. Dustin's day when he did that, I mean, just unreal fast. He put some big watts. Oh into that. my gosh! Those are big yeah. boy watts. You, you oh kind of need gosh. like a overcastish, windyish day yeah. so that there's not many people out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Is it just the, exactly. Yeah. Is it just, just the, the out? out. Yep. Okay. Just and the out. So like three and a half miles or whatever it is. Yeah. There are days where that can be highly influenced by wind. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know the Definitely. day that that Lance and I went out there and got it. We didn't really have much of a tailwind. It was just a calm day. As a matter of fact, yeah. I remember the river being glassy that day. So mm-hmm. there are days when you get that west wind and it yeah. just you just fly you have like basically free watts in the bank i was fly. not flying i was for sure not so. flying there was zero <laughs> flying in my legs there was no flying on saturday yeah. <laughs> there was watching guy van pull a minute into me on that <laughs> <laughs> well to, to go back real quick before we move on we went out to frenchman's bar yesterday and uh-huh. we hit that segment that the one that you took mm-hmm. and we had a little bit of a headwind going all the way out there but sean was out front when we hit the segment and all of a sudden i'm like wait a second i'm putting down 315 320 watts to stay on his wheel sean Sean was going for it it was unannounced he just like had this response like i'm just gonna go hard so we ended up flying on this again a little bit of a tailwind but there was three of us and nels nels can time trial now did nels hang oh yeah oh that's scary. not only did he hang (laughs) that's scary his poles were strong I've still got a secret plan with a couple of our juniors that we're going to trans we're we're going to transfer him over to triathlon over time. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you're going to make oh, that happen. I think I think I think <laughs> we got, yesterday that we uh, got a pretty secret plan here. I think I think it's going to work. He's still he's not still not 100 sure what he's going to do in college. He's got some things that he's dabbling on, but uh-huh. right now, um, professional cyclist is on the agenda. So. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, he's he's going to swim once in London and just fall in love with him, Matt. Yeah. The kid swimming might not be our best sell. No, probably not. We need to. <laughs> he uh, Camus cross country. There you go. Please. <laughs> yeah. A couple times yesterday he just kind of got out of the saddle and just like took off and it's like yeah i must be chasing a segment or something like that but he hit over uh, 1100 watts jeez what does he weigh like a buck 20 that is unbelievable yeah Yeah. so he's got some some horsepower so but by the time we got to the outback or the the turnaround spot i think we were a minute and 55 seconds behind you already (laughs) so there was three of us working together (laughs) but um and then we were thinking about chasing it on the way back and sean's like do you think we can get it and i'm like Nope, <laughs> not gonna happen. I actually think I may have negative split too. I oh, think. really? I may have. Well, yeah. we would have had a tailwind all the way back. Oh, really? Okay. The reason one of the you guys could have clawed some back then. Yeah. The yeah. primary reason why I said nope was because my legs were like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do this again. So uh, that's a yeah. long segment. It is yeah. just a very long segment. Yeah. Cool. Um, Patreon news, you guys. There are some developing stories in uh, the Dial Podcast Patreon land. <laughs> Evidently. Champ Bailey has some competition. Oh, yeah. Patreon That's Champ right. Bailey. Unbelievable. We've yeah. got um, Champ Bailey, and now we've got the real Champ Bailey. 
That's, uh, a, that's a new uh, Patreon this week. That's a new week. Patreon. The real Champ Bailey. And I yeah. think we're waiting for the actual Champ Bailey, <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who was a football player. Well, yeah, I had that revelation over the week, and I'm like, wait a second. I, I, it just was, I don't know why, because that came through, and I saw that. I'm like, uh-huh. I know the name Champ Bailey, and I looked up, I'm like, that's right. He's the like, yep. defensive back or something like that for the, the, the Broncos. Broncos. He was with the Broncos for a long yeah. time. And one of, and it's funny that I, I should remember that. That was when I used to love the Broncos as a kid. And Champ Bailey was with that team for like, years and yeah. years yeah he was a lockdown Stuck. corner yep. yeah well now i'm champ bailey now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slightly less su- slightly less successful version yes, of champ slightly bailey. less successful version so we've got new patreon the champ bailey yes um and then we also have jesse tonkinson he's uh, uh mm-hmm. our newest patron so thanks tonk also and i think our fastest patreon is he our fastest patron probably probably um, yeah we can put that down yeah <laughs> I, i'd say so so the real champ bailey and jesse tonkinson thank you so much for becoming a patreon mm-hmm. um our patreon spotlight of the week evan why don't you take this one i'm gonna tell a story about tonk because this is so as as you all know he has moved to way out eastern washington spokane <laughs> spokane the day after he ever did but as his dad had told me it was about 18 hours of packing and unpacking the day after that so oh. he got a strength work in after oh, after riding riding the elevation of everest but um he uh was back this this week for a day or two and just wanted to ride. So we were originally, uh, Guy Van was planning for us to do around Silver Star. We were going to do the similar route that you guys did, Lance, yeah. um, uh, whoever was with you guys that day. And we get out there, we get over down towards the penitentiary. Anybody who's done that, you descend down and then you get on the gravel, basically. Yeah. We get on the gravel and Tonk is unfortunately in, I believe it was the second biggest gear, which is a big gear, and goes to shift and pulls the basically cable through so i'm not he kind of knew exactly what happened but it basically was like pulled through the lever shift to quit working yeah so he is stuck in that gear he's gonna have to take apart the head part to you know bring it back basically because he's got to disconnect it on the rear derailleur too and then yeah. fish it back up through which we were not going to do in the middle of nowhere and we did not have the tools to do so he says like well i gotta head back now Anybody who's been down that descent knows it's not the world's steepest climb, but it's definitely not the world's most shallow climb, <laughs> and it is a long climb going back up. He climbed back up, climbed from the back up, and it, it was fun because so in that big gear, in that big gear. So so me and Guy Van start spinning up, and we're like, we'll just stay with him. He starts going. He's like, I can't put out less than 400 watts right now. Like that's that's the only <laughs> just, option I have. Only, right. And I'm like, oh god, this moving. is like an eight to ten minute climb. He's gonna have to do 400 watts the whole way up. Oh so he is. Is there hammered. a segment on that? I, I'm not sure. I need Should to look be. at it. Yeah. And he, so he is hammering up this climb. Five minutes in, we can see him up in the distance, and the poor guy's starting to swerve a little bit. I was like, oh, he needs another gear so badly right now. So I work my way back up to him, and he is still just, like, I mean, he's down to, like, 15 cadence at this point. Oh, Luckily, he makes it up and he, over. Uh, Somehow, I have no idea how, but he makes it up. Anybody who wants to do like the penitentiary challenge, we should make that a thing. Throw it into your biggest <laughs> gear. Try to climb up that the and just see how challenge. far you can make it without having to unclip. That sounds terrible. But yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, he gets the top, and the poor guy loses his glasses. It was oh, just not Tonk's day. It was some... not Tonk's day. Even on not his day, he'll still put out five minutes of four hundred watts. So, but, did you yeah. just have him like on the back of his helmet or in front of the helmet? And That's a good it? question. I bet. I bet he put him. He he had to put him somewhere on his helmet because he would. I mean, those do not fall off no. your face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
That's unfortunate. He but just yeah. got those like, oh, he did. a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. So if anybody sees them up around, I think he actually took his road bike out, road bike out later, and they were gone. Yeah. So 100% speed craft? I think so. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Bummer. Look for them, people. I know a lot <laughs> of us ride in that area. So Yeah. <laughs> cool. It would have been really funny. We were joking if he had to call Annie and be like, hey, can you go pick me up? I'm at the penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. It's the best place to get picked up. <laughs> All right, we have a new segment for you guys. Brand new, hot off the press. Ooh. Ask a PT, brought to you by the Dialed Endurance Lab. Who are we going to ask here? <laughs> Champ Bailey? Can we even ask Champ a Bailey. dentist, too? Yes. Champ <laughs> Bailey? No, don't ask Champ. Champ's qualified. <laughs> Real quick, Kevin, what's the Dialed Endurance Lab? So the Dialed Endurance Lab, for one, is actually where we are filming this right now. Filming we're filming or this? Recording. <laughs> recording more. Okay. But so this I is... I got to put my pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> So three, well, over three months ago now, actually, uh, Jake and I both moved into a space together in Vancouver, Washington, which I know if you're listening to this from anywhere, you know, it's this very specific part of Vancouver, more East Vancouver towards Camas, pretty close to Union High School, Evergreen High School. In We're in Vancouver. Too. Yeah, Vancouver. North, north of <laughs> yeah. Portland, Oregon, if you guys are familiar with north the, of the river. Pacific Northwest. Yep. yep. And so Jake and I uh, moved into this space. I'm a proactive uh, physical therapy um, uh, uh, PT and was, you know, supported through Proactive to open up the Dialed Endurance Lab, which is kind of me and Jake's project together. Um, Really just incorporating a real focus on endurance sports and sports in general, but it is really Proactive's first pure sports therapy location. Yep. Um, it has been, I know people, so this is a funny story that, you know, in 30 years will be a lot funnier, but we literally opened doors on, what was it? March 14th, Jake, which I believe that, yeah. was, is the very first day that everything closed. Yeah. Day, Restaurant, like our literally our day one, day, day one of quarantine <laughs> and everything closing. So it was, it has been interesting, but uh, to be honest, it wouldn't change a thing. It's it's forced us to be creative. We've done a lot of online material. We found out that Jake knows how to YouTube, you know. So it's been it's been really barely. Cool. Yeah, he's he's done a pretty darn good job. But yeah, um, it's been it's 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 been a lot of fun. But yeah, um, here I am the the head and only physical therapist in the clinic right now. And I also run strength classes. I have two trainers that work with me now that also assist me in running strength classes. Um, while we're in phase two in this county, the, those classes are for less people. But um, we do bike fits and run gate analysis out of here as well. Um, and yeah, and Jake works a, on a lot of bikes, <laughs> which we, if we look over to our right here, you can see a lot of people know that Jake's here. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're doing the whole um, bike shop thing, but we're... Mm-hmm doing this differently i i, I think the your local bike shop that that model has to change and we've talked about that before in, yep. in past podcasts but um i think that this partnership is going to be pretty spectacular this mm-hmm. place serves as kind of like a clubhouse for the team exactly. uh, for our, yep. our cycling and triathlon team which has worked out pretty well we are now mm-hmm. open to the general public we're doing bicycle service and Ev and i are tag team and some of the fit stuff mm-hmm. um in the fall time we're going to have a full on uh indoor cycling studio that we're mm-hmm. going to have structured programs for people to follow, to follow and come in and do so it's going to be a lot of fun we're hitting a lot of um, nails on the head and it's been really neat and fun i I still pinch myself like i don't feel like i'm coming to work and and i just we see each other all day long and it just works out really well we're helping each other out and it's been a lot of fun so yeah um so this segment is going to be something that we're going to start putting out there Mm -hmm. ask a pt so the question i have for you today evan Mm -hmm. is what's the most common cycling injury and how would i go about addressing that how would i fix that 
Yeah. So, you know, I don't have the stats right directly in front of me, but definitely knowing enough cyclists, and I'm sure quite a few listening to this have had episodes of this, um, patellar tendonitis and just patellar tracking in general, um, well, we'll call it patellar tracking dysfunction is really, really common in cyclists. And it's, you know, and I'm not, not bagging on the sport at all, but it's a very linear sport in the sense that you're, you're dealing with one plane of motion over and over again. This is why, you know, a lot of uh, um, overuse injuries involve the knee is because the knee is a hinge joint. So it is allowed to rotate, but it does not rotate nearly as comfortably as your hip or your ankle. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about cycling, you're talking about a repetitive motion. You know, you do some math, 90 rotations per minute for, let's say, your Lance over here just rode, what, four hours on his mountain bike for a day. You're talking about a lot of rotations during that time period, a lot of strain, a lot of volume and intensity load during that time. So the patellar tendon basically is what attaches your patella down to your shin bone, that tibia. Your kneecap. Your kneecap, exactly. Yeah, 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 the kneecap, that little floaty thing you can move around at your knee and feels weird and some people don't like. (laughs) But what what that 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 tracking is so important because it's your lever system. It's literally if you imagine a bow and arrow. Imagine that where your hands holding the bow and then your string pulls back. That's right. That that patella has to stay nice and stable. Try and shoot an arrow with your hand nice and shaky there. You're going to be awful, okay? So that's very important to have stability through there, to have strength. So just because your knee's bothering you does not mean that it's your knee's fault. It means that your stabilizers, your hip, your center of gravity, your core, your sensation in your ankle is what helps stabilize that knee or that bow's center point. So you can do that through exercise. You don't need to go in and always get surgeries for that. You don't need to go and take a ton of painkillers before races. Please don't do that. But you can. <laughs> but you can. You can. And many professional cyclists have probably made careers off of that. But you you really need to work outside of just that one plane that we just mentioned, that, that front to back plane. Um, the more variability and strength you're able to give yourself as a cyclist, the more you're going to look like Peter Sagan on the bike, who's an actual athlete. So that's the, the, the safer and more injury injury uh, uh, resilient you'll be. But yeah, I, I would say that's your, when, when you talk about patellar tracking, that that's your major dysfunction in cycling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So if anybody has a question for Evan, you can mm-hmm. contact Evan um, through the website. That's dialedenduranceLab.com. Mm-hmm. Shoot him up with your questions, and he will uh, get back to you, I'm sure. Or if you're local here, come make an appointment. Come on in to see him. Yep. That'd be pretty cool. We'd love to see more people down here as well. Exactly. So yep. thank you for that, Evan. Yep. And you guys are welcome to reach out to me on any of my social medias, too, which yep. I now, you know, check frequently because wow. I am... I am now part of the millennial generation now. I, I have an joined. Instagram. <laughs> you joined. I do have an Instagram, yes. Way to go. Congrats. Right there next to your MySpace page. Right next to my MySpace page, which I still have the login for. Yeah. <laughs> the Dalton Endurance Lab does have an Instagram page. We do, yep. And a Facebook page, so you can check out both of those there. Just go search Dalton Endurance Lab. Exactly. Cool. Yep. Is this time for the, the Ask a YouTuber segment? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brought to you by Emily Champ Bailey. <laughs> Lead out news. Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. You here? Fake Champ Bailey here. <laughs> Wait, All the way from Denver. Bailey. There are four Champ Baileys that I know of. There's Champ I'm, Bailey, the real Champ Bailey, in-studio Champ Bailey, in stu- and, and Champ Bailey football player. Which yeah, one right. are you? I mean, I'm, Super Bowl I'm, champion. I'm in studio. Champ Bailey in, in studio. studio. Champ Bailey. Uh-huh. <laughs> and right. still, hand over heart. Neither one of those is you. <laughs> no, no, neither one of those is me. I swear. You did not wow. win a Super Bowl, correct? That, I did that, not that win a Super is Bowl. amazing. That, yeah. If people are doing that, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Hit us with some news. All right. So uh, three items in the news. First, 
Zwift is putting on a virtual tour to France. Didn't we talk about that last week? Uh, I we I have no it. idea what happened with it because I don't care so much. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Lance. I watched it all the way until no, 15 minutes left and then turned it off because I had... Mike Woods was doing well, though. But he didn't win. He didn't? No. Okay, no. who won? <laughs> I don't know. Did a name I didn't win? recognize. All I, I knew is Yeah, that it was someone I didn't recognize either. They're, they're having six stages, uh, stages. I think they've done two so far. Yeah, I think Vanderpool took fourth in one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really <laughs> Don't care what happened care to the other one. <laughs> the rest of them. But they're trying to do something. Uh, you know what? you you, you got to give it to Zwift. At least Zwift has given us something during this time. I mean... <laughs> I give them credit for trying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's <laughs> and a bunch of tour pros signed up to do it, which yeah, is also absolutely. cool. It's great. So it is Rigoberto Aran was there. Kind of news. The They're, EF team was was in there. Yeah. Were they? they were doing well. The the NTT team, I believe, was there too. The guys are saying that it's hard. That they're like it's full, they're oh, saying it's like it's full gas hard. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. it's full gas because they're then saying you try like, to get away. Yeah. It's like it's not, forty-five minutes to an hour of it's like the worst time trial you've yeah. ever done. And I'm guessing it's they're terrible. I'm guessing they're like trying to push 500 watts oh. the whole time. Matthew Vanderpool, so, and I was watching part of the stage, Matthew Vanderpool's getting dropped, putting out 450 watts for yeah. like five minutes. And, and he's, he's getting, getting dropped from the group. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd hang. I I don't think I'm quite there. Like close. <laughs> yeah. So close. Not really. <laughs> All right. In other tour news, uh, tour news, Nairo Quintana actually suffered minor injuries in a collision with a car while uh, he was training. I'm glad it was just yeah. minor injuries. So, uh, he was training in Colombia. Um... Apparently, the car was doing, quote, improper maneuvers. I think there's some kind of loss in translation thing. Yeah, probably. He really wasn't hurt, but it did make the news. He scraped up his elbow, and this seems to he has some knee pain. Decently I frequently. think that happens to me like every three days, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's news. Yeah, uh, you're you're, not, you're really close safe. to Nairo, but... <laughs> me, and me and Nairo, we're right you're so, there. Yeah. You're right there, so... Uh, the last thing is USA Cycling has canceled almost all national championships for the year. Yeah. So they finally came yeah. through. They were holding out. They might do mountain bike uh, cross-country nationals yeah. or marathon nationals. All that's been canceled. And another news, Zwift just picked up USA Cycling's national championships. Which you can, <laughs> I'm joking. That's not real news. That's they at least not yet. Fake yeah. news. They haven't canceled second, everything. Yeah. Like, cyclocross nationals hasn't been canceled yet because that's not till January. Til next year, yeah. It's a lot later, so. Oh, please, How can you please even have it when you don't have any races? I know, but Jan- like by January, can we please be racing anything? Well, anything so. by January would be great. Who knows? Yeah. Hmm. Champ Bailey out. Out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our topic this week. We have a little, uh, I don't know, name issue thing going on here. We couldn't come up with the exact title of it. So the question is, is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Love it or leave it? Message us which one you like the most. (laughs) Whatever suits you best. Whatever one is going to be the podcast title, they've probably already read. Yeah, Yeah. probably. Cool. So the question, though, is honestly, is it worth it? So we've got our little short list, each of one of us, Mm -hmm. and we want to know if uh, whatever this thing is, is worth it. It could be a product. It could be a service. It could be whatever. And mm-hmm. we're going to run around the table. Not a hot seat, but it's kind of like hot in that, that format. It's a warm seat, yes. Yeah. warm seat. Roll, we'll run through that. Matt, I'm going to let you start us off. All right. I got a lot of, I got a lot of stuff here. Um, one thing that I noticed. Not who, worth it. Oh, yeah. sorry. Cl- <laughs> clip in pedals. Oh, absolutely worth it. Well, you already said not worth it. You've already voted. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. Pl- platform pedals are pretty cool. Uh, you do BMX thingies with them. You can do BMX thingies. <laughs> but what's funny is it turns out that you don't gain a lot of power or efficiencies. Are you talking about the GCN episode where they did this? 
there was a GCN episode, but then there's that other new Daniel YouTube Johnson, guy, yeah. Daniel Johnson, who yeah. did a, a video yeah. about this as well. I haven't had a chance to watch that. What do you say? It kind of blows my mind. He, all yeah. the studies they've done, they can't yeah. find any sort of advantage to using clip-in pedals. Except that they look cooler. Well, I feel did like I'm connected that? to the bike, and I feel like I'm in more control. I can control tell you without and, a doubt, though, when it comes to sprinting, yeah. there's a huge Definitely. difference there. Yeah, has to be. Yeah. I think the GCN test was also over like a climb, I believe. I would need to look back at that episode, but I believe it was over a climb, which mm, would... They did on that treadmill thing. One, one of the episodes. One of them did. was... Okay, yeah. I think they did an outdoor one, too. They probably did. Yeah. Two things here to go pro clipping. Yeah. Clipless pedal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I know. Um, one is there are times where like I felt like I was on the verge of a cramp or my quads were fatigued. And sometimes you can just kind of lay off the, the downward stroke and then you can actually focus a little bit more on using your hammies to kind mm-hmm. of spell your quads a little bit. So you're pulling up a little bit more on the backstroke. You're not mm-hmm. going to do that for a long time, but sometimes you just need to give those quads a little bit of a break, whether because you're trying to break a cramp or whether it's because you're trying to avoid a cramp mm-hmm. or you're just generally fatigued. So there's that. Yeah. So that that's one thing for me that I think is pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Especially we we all use clip and pedals on this podcast. Yeah. Probably yeah. the majority of our listeners, I would say, probably use it. But I think it's interesting that there's just not a lot of science-based evidence that it helps. Yeah. Yeah. And so, now on a mountain bike too, and on a road bike, I think it's actually easier to have some obstacle avoidance, whether it be yeah. bunny hopping something or throwing the tail oh, into the bike yeah. around or just like mm-hmm. controlling the bike and, and putting it in places. It's a lot easier to do that when you're clipped in than yeah. it is to be on some flats. Now, there are, I'm sure BMX guys are going to tell you quite the opposite, or your downhill guys that ride yeah. on the big platform with the spikes on them, like, they might tell you differently. But for me, I feel like I have more control over the bike when I'm clipped in. Now, I think that we all want to bring this back to triathlon on this podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, and exactly. And I, I have had this theory forever that, like, and I, I've, I've done sprint triathlons, and I clip into, you know, pedals when I do it. But, like, you theoretically could have your running shoes on and ready to go with platform you pedal. Could. You're not going to lose oh. that much, and you're doing a short sprint. Should we give this a shot at a Y race in 2021? There's, there's in, no, over a sprint distance? Sure, whatever. Short distance? Yeah. I just think Evan head to head? Well, yeah, let's do it. We're going to compare transition times, sure. That would be fun. To see who you know put how slow my f- transitions are. I know, yeah, because so, that would be the great leveler. Sure. Is that you're already naturally slow at transitions? So, so. like, <laughs> then, yeah, if I could still, I can definitely beat you in t2 oh for sure if you're doing you just got to rack the bike that's all, all you'd have to do oh, and get the helmet off throw the bike on and mm-hmm. yeah i'd be yeah i so. have to dead sprint through transition to beat you <laughs> and then we'll just compare bike splits yep this seems fair <laughs> evan seems to have more power output than i do i don't understand why <laughs> must be these pedals so is the juice worth the squeeze love it or leave it matt i uh, like i said we all we all use clip in pedals I, that's the way I describe them. Okay. And so mm-hmm. for us, it's worth it. Worth it, Evan? Oh, yeah, worth it. Definitely. Yep. 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 Worth it. I wouldn't have a bike without clip yeah. in pedals no. or clipless Well, pedals. you would you if it was your only choice. Yeah. yeah. Or if you were a sprint track. It was my town bike. I'm cruising around town. Yeah. 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 E bikes. Or e- the e bike. The yeah. e bike was great without clip in. <laughs> yeah. But you could clip in too and be probably fine on the e bike. Yeah. yeah. You were re- mm-hmm. I bet you if you were using it, actually, you did have clip I, in on your e bike. I put on my power pedals to <laughs> yeah. see what kind of wattage, wattage I was going to be pushing on oh, yeah, the e bike. Oh, yeah. Decide that you wanted to keep on updating me with that just <laughs> so right. that I could. Yeah. I think it's worth it to go watch that video. I haven't done that yet. I'll give that a watch. And yeah, if, watch it. If there's something there to it, I'm I'm willing to go throw some flats on a this bike. This sounds like a cool YouTube video you could do. You're not going to play with it just to see just how to it play feels. with it. Sure. Yeah, to play with, I'm not going to do it long term. I put to flats. Play with it. I put flats on a bike only because I was selling it and I happened to like ride it, you sure. know, in between or whatever. Uh, 
and it was fine, but I don't like feeling disconnected from the bike. Yeah. Plus yeah. those no. pedals are heavier. True. True. In yeah. most cases. So, yep. no. yeah. All right, Evan, what's your heart rate monitors? Yeah. Okay. Heart rate monitor. Heart rate monitor. The reason I'm bringing this up is because somebody around this table at some point is going to say power meter and one is less expensive than the other. Yeah. So sure. when, when you're looking at a heart rate monitor, I like really understanding from a coaching aspect what type of athlete I'm dealing with. And I'm bringing this up because if anybody's been watching any of this whiff racing, I know Lance has been keeping up with it really consistently. <laughs> they they will show these guys' heart rate mo- numbers. And it still blows my mind to this day how varied that is. Yeah. You can get a guy like Lionel Sanders is at his absolute limit at 149 beats a minute. Yep. And a guy like Tonk or some of the younger guys I was watching in um, the Tour de Fran- uh, the Tour de Zwift. 200. Yeah. I mean, like like guys who can hold north of 190 for a long time. Yep. So it's not as much whenever people kind of want to talk down a heart rate monitor, like, oh, well, heart rate's too variable to use as a measure. I actually think it's kind of important to look at as a coach because you can understand what type of athlete you're dealing with. If you've got somebody who can hold north of 190 consistently, you're dealing with a very, very high, like Ferrari type engine, like a really, really high type engine that I think is going to have big, what we call heart rate variability numbers. So that means you're somebody who's like low resting heart rate, max of let's say 202, 203. That means that that person's going to have a lot of play in their intervals, a lot. Let's switch it over to Lionel Sanders, somebody like that. That person, if they're a highly trained aerobic athlete, they're going to be able to hold a very high wattage at a lower cardiac demand for a long time. I would call it like larger percentage of usable heart rate as opposed to heart rate variability. Because that's maybe a very different thing. But I completely agree. Having that huge range, if you can go, if Mm -hmm. your resting heart rate's 40 and you can hit 210... Yeah, you got a lot to play with. There. Well, and and you think about it. If I'm looking at an athlete like that who's a cyclist, I'm thinking like cyclocross wouldn't be a bad choice for somebody like that if they're if they're the right type of athlete. Yeah. Um, mountain biking would not be a bad choice for that athlete. But if you're looking at somebody who's able to hold 148 beats per minute for an hour and put out some absurd power, you're like this guy could be a really good time trialist. Yeah. Now. There's also, you know, plenty of outliers there, but it's it's yeah. good as a coach to be able to look at some of that data. I've got a good friend who's an endurance athlete, but he also has some high end pop in him, and mm-hmm. he's ten years younger than me. Yeah, and his max heart rate was something like twenty beats lower than mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there mm-hmm. are anomalies there, and yeah. you can't use that because it is kind of a soft science. You can't use it that is. as yeah. a, a you know a one size fits all kind of yeah. thing for everybody. Well, you look at like the age guesstimate, yeah. which is right. two twenty minus your age. That's, yeah, you couldn't be any. Theory, yeah, yeah, and then and then Carvonian tries to um, put in your resting heart rate into the equation, but even with that, you're going to be wildly off if you don't actually look at the data of each athlete. Exactly. Yeah. So, even even with uh, not trying to find out what kind of talent people have. I've mm-hmm. been using a, a heart rate monitor consistently for like 15 years. Yeah. And, so, and you use it for recovery as well. Yes. Yeah. So I, I know what my numbers are mm-hmm. specifically. So I wouldn't do a race or wouldn't do a, yeah. a training ride without a heart rate monitor because yeah. I know. Would you use chest strap? I, yeah, I always use a chest, do you? chest okay. strap. Yeah. yeah. I always do. Do you wear your wood for races? Yeah. I didn't, okay. I don't take it off. Yeah. I just I leave it on. But I know, okay, I'm 50 years old. My mm-hmm. max heart rate is like 185. That's yeah. as high as I can get my heart rate. Yeah. That would, And I know that if I'm in a race and I'm over 175, 
I've got you're going in the red. I've got like ticking time bomb. Three minutes at this yeah. effort before I know I'm going to have to back off at some point. Yeah. If yeah. I if my heart rate's at 180 and I did lots of cyclocross races with yeah. average heart rate. Yep. Or like 179. Yeah. I know if I'm at I'm at 180. The race better be pretty close to over because I'm about to just blow. Yeah. And but if I'm at like 150, mm-hmm. I could go for four hours. Yep. At yep. 150. Yep. And so it it's it completely helps me gauge what kind of effort I can do or can't yeah. do. So are you looking at any of that during a cyclocross race? Do you have your do you have your heart rate up on your computer? Yes, it's up. But during a cyclocross you're, race, you're trying I, not to crash. I don't look at the yeah. computer. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because there's too many turns. There's too many bikes yeah. in the way. Oh, yeah. There's yep. You have to be watching. I start it, and I just Are you, race. Would you say you're using it mostly for historical data? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in a road race, on yeah. in a mountain bike race, when you're not close to other people, I'm looking at my computer all the time because yeah. I'm watching power numbers. Yep. I'm watching my heart rate numbers. And in Distance. a backcountry yeah. ra- ra- route, yeah. I'm following a route, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Which is telling me which way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so your question is, are heart rate, heart rate monitors worth it? Should you train with them? Yep. Should you train with Buy them? Buy them and train them. Yeah. Solely me, no. As a supplement, yes. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of where I'm at. I, there's too many things that there's too many variables for me that are going to show that it's different. I mean, I guess if, if that's all I had access to, yeah, I would use it. Yep. But, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, they have they have value. I, I'm I'm using it. They're worth it. Juice there, Matt. Uh, I think that one of the things with all of these items is we look at this particular group that's doing the podcast and we're very willing to spend money on things that would help us with cycling Mm -hmm. or sports. And I'm not sure everyone else is. Uh, so I don't necessarily think a heart rate monitor is worth it if you know, you're going out for your first 10 rides, like you're going to get better. Don't worry about your heart rate. Just go ride. Um, when you, uh, for me personally, I love having that data, not necessarily for day-to-day training and I don't train specifically mm-hmm. to it, but for historical data, it, yeah. I think it's great. Like if I go do an Ironman, I want to have a heart rate so that I can compare it to two years ago when I did another Definitely. Ironman. Yeah. Definitely. And so going um, on your Sunday it, long run, just to look at where you're, you're drifting. Yeah. Wearing a heart rate monitor doesn't bother me. They're mm-hmm. built into a lot of watches, although very inaccurate at the wrist. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, really the ones that are kind of up on your forearm are excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave away the one that I liked a lot, but, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the chest rate one, chest heart rate ones are kind of like gold standard as yep. well. Um, they don't bug me that much. Do I use them? Not really. Yeah. I mean, again, throw it on there first. I do look at my uh, wrist based one because it's easy and it's there mm-hmm. just to be like, yeah, that's too high. I should slow down even though I'm going 20 minute pace per mile, but <laughs> it's, you know, going it's back a on what good you st- governor for yeah, sure. Exactly. Going back on what you said though, Matt, for the person that's going out maybe for a ride with their kids mm-hmm. or just really could not care less about fitness. They just want to go for a ride, bike ride or they're commuting or something like that. I can see that. But if it's somebody that's looking at maybe getting into um, like a fitness routine to mm-hmm. maybe yep. drop some weight and maybe just have a, a change in life, lifestyle, yep. if you will, I think a heart rate monitor in the very beginning for that person is probably more valuable to them than anything else because mm-hmm. they can yeah. actually start to look at historical data from the time that they very first got started. Mm-hmm. So maybe they use a training route and they can go out and look and, you know, maybe their heart rate's extremely high and then they stick to it and they've done three months and they come back and they they do that same route again and they can see mm-hmm. how many beats less per, that, that right there, that's going to be 
good data that's going to support yeah. them and their cause, and it's going to help encourage them along yeah. to keep doing what they're doing. And that's where if they just get a Garmin watch, just like you mentioned, like Matt, like yeah. the wrist monitor is going to be accurate enough for the, that. It's going to if you're doing an hour ride, the grand average is going to be close. I don't know. The trend right now with, with smart watches of all kinds and brands is to have a heart rate monitor on there. Yeah. So I don't it's, find I, them to be accurate when I'm on the bike though at all. No. Like not even remotely close to well, accurate. Um. And I've got a pretty nice watch. Like when I'm just cruising around or if I'm yeah. whatever. But when mm-hmm. I'm on the bike and I look at my heart rate monitor on my Garmin head unit, it, it let's yeah. just say it says 150 beats per minute. I yeah. can look down at my watch and it'll say like 90. It could be way That's off. a pretty big difference. Now, I don't cinch know if it down or something on yeah, your wrist. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But, but yeah. I need to share, shave this forest of hair that's on my arms now. <laughs> I, I would hair. say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think that like, can you really even think of much of a sports watch that doesn't have optical heart rate on it now? I mean, no, there's a lot of them that do, yeah. It's yeah. they're they're very they common. Have. They're very common now. So, yep. all right, Lance, mm-hmm. what's yours? Um, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Paid? What is oh, juice worth the, the squeeze? squeeze. <laughs> Lemons. That, that's from Ryan Lee. Thanks, Ryan. Um, paid training plans or paid coaching? I uh, um, I think for me with racing, um. I can do a lot and get a lot farther ahead. Uh, I, I can do a lot just on my own, but boy, it is hard to set intervals for yourself without somebody telling you what right. intervals to do and how mm-hmm. to make them work unless you've been trained in that. I have not been trained in that. I know that if I'm if I'm following a specific training plan or mm-hmm. a coaching plan, I'm much more consistent with like, Go hit your workout. Yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to hit workouts and workout numbers. When you are accountable to somebody, there's something psychologically that changes within you. If you're the one that's making these programs, it takes a pretty special person to be able to set a program for for themselves, stick to it for the duration of time, and actually hit the numbers, and not become blind to what it is that they want to see. Yeah. Having a coach objectively coach you from the outside, telling you exactly what you need to be doing, and getting on your case when you're slacking, or telling you when to slow it down, that that pays dividends. Yeah. I think that that's highly worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I find that yeah, having a training planner or a paid coach has benefited me great. I don't always have them. There's been lots of times where I've just gone through a season without them, but so, I've been following a plan for the last right. f- four months and I'm way fitter you are fit. now than I was even a year ago when we were racing through all this. Let thing. me add on to this question. Spending a thousand dollars a month on a coach top of the line coach potentially mm-hmm. versus $15 a month or less probably on a training plan that you get online. Trainer road is 15 bucks a month. So that is where I think there's a great argument where it's like, wow, is it worth this high end coach for that much money when you can get 90% of the way there with a over the counter training program? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think unless you're, really elite i don't which, think which you i am need that thousand dollar <laughs> month you can find a good coach like for no. a couple hundred bucks a month and, yeah. and you don't even oh, yeah. have to go True. that far like you can use the trainer road approach and then you can go mm-hmm. out and get yourself a good solid training partner yeah. who kind of knows up from down and then you guys can help hold each other accountable yeah. and you guys can look at each other's right. data it kind of goes along with that beretta thing that they were building that's no longer doing their thing rest now, but like kind rest of in <laughs> rest in peace, bro. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like co- <laughs> coaching, coaching with friends, yeah. helping coach each other. Like Lance and I, we're pretty similar. We're pretty fit and mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty like motivated. Like we can kind of hold each other accountable. Yep. That, that I think, yeah, I don't, that's not, 
to say that that's going to take the place of a coach, but I still think that there's mm-hmm. merit and value to it. I, I think endurance sports in general, and, and this will be an interesting question that, that I also want to run, because I think it's a good argument, Matt, is I think endurance coaching is kind of in a crisis right now and has been for a bit. I really, and, and I'll specifically talk about triathlon, but I think the cycling world's a good comparison sure. here right now. Um, I wish triathlon and cycling were more like cross country and swimming. I think cross country and swimming coaching at good schools, there's going to be schools that just the wide receiver football coach becomes a cross country coach because yeah. nobody else wants to do it. And you got six kids running cross country. Sure. Camus, you are, our schools around here are way, way different with cross country. Very, very well developed programs. In triathlon right now, if you are a pro and you're fast, for whatever reason, people think they need to pay you more money to coach you, which to me is a scam. It really is a scam. And I race guys who are probably going to get mad at me for even saying this. They're making a fraudulent living, in my opinion. They have no education in anything physiology-based, anything yeah. exercise-based, nothing training-based. So I'm going to – I like doing this piggyback on that and say – Oh, I was hoping you were going to devil's advocate me. Are you going to piggyback I will. I will. Advocate? I will. Okay. <laughs> but um, – Coaching in general maybe is the scam because there's yeah I mean like yeah let's let's say I know absolutely nothing mm-hmm. like um, you know just take Jan off the street yeah say she's a coach give her ten athletes she gets to charge whatever she wants to for that let's say four fifteen a month two fifty sure. a month whatever she wants a month yeah and she might be like no you don't need to swim. Like you, that uh, I know you're training for triathlon. You don't yeah, need to swim. You don't to worry about because it's yeah. like it's only ten percent of the exactly. thing or whatever. Yeah. She can make that argument. So having that pro triathlete, you at least know that they're going to have the minimum. This is true. This you is true. At least know that they're going to have the minimum amount of knowledge. I'll give them that over. But my my problem still is neither option to me is worth three hundred and fifty bucks a month or four hundred twenty five or whatever you're sure. charging. I I use that example because I I know guys who are coaching right now who I look at them and I'm like, the only person you've ever coached is yourself. You don't know a thing about a 45 year old with children. You don't know anything about that. You don't know anything about their own physiological response to training outside of that weekend course you took for USAT level one, which is, I'm not not even going to get it. The the fact it's, it's the same problem that some gyms have when just the licensing is not good you're but you're gonna get think, people coming in i that do don't think know. if you get someone that has you know maybe they've only coached themselves or or whatever it is or sometimes mm-hmm. they'll have a coach or whatever they've done the sport they've been in the sport but they have been coaching these 45 year old you mm-hmm. know let's just call it let's just call this person Ace matt Grouper. call yeah. him a matt yeah. you know and they've been coaching <laughs> Say a 41 year old guy named but, matt but they yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've been coaching for 10 years uh-huh they they're gonna learn they're gonna things, learn a lot yeah right? but what was he charging you in year one because he was part of some cool pros coaching sure. group. Well, who knows? And and then you know that, does, that to does me is his, the scam. Does he charge yeah. more as it goes? Because this you, is, would, it'd be nice to be locked in on. If it's my great. experience is getting better, do I get yeah. to charge you more? Yeah, but I think that's where the you you need to charge for coaching because for something to be good, you need to be charged. But the problem is when it gets watered down when people coming into the sport believe that their coaching expertise is way more than it is are now charging those top dollar amounts. Yeah. So it waters down who's actually good at that top end. I'll point to one person specifically who I think is an awesome coach is Brian Howard out of Colorado Springs as okay. a triathlete. Uh, Eric Lagerstrom's former coach. Okay, He would be somebody, if I had a kid and my kid was like, I want to be really fast at triathlon, I'd be like, Brian's going to coach you. Yeah, He's a great coach. Charges about the same as many, many, many other coaches that I know who I wouldn't even put 10% of his experience and expertise that I think is the crisis in coaching for endurance sports. Now, I don't know specifically with cycling if they have the same problem, 
but I would imagine they do because I know that the USAC level one coaching has got to be about as long as USAT's is, which is Mm -hmm. not that long to get. And you really don't need any credentials, you know, credentials to even go into the program. Uh, You have to know a little bit of stuff, but it's, it's not anybody can sit down study and download the course. An yeah, exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. they have a few hoops that you have to jump through but it's not anything that would be yeah and it's it's it's, it's just like you know everybody at this table at some point has coached something right i know jake yeah. has i know matt has i'm gonna assume lance has coached himself for long enough to be qualified coach now i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a life coach i'm a life <laughs> I'm, I'm really i'm ready to pony up some cash i'm a dentist life. okay <laughs> Yeah, I've coached lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's like you you obviously gain that experience through experience. I've never charged for it. Yeah, and this, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak for myself, but I'm definitely a very affordable coach. But there's, you know, it's there's there's a big gap, I think, between jumping in and thinking people can charge a certain amount and actual tangible experience that allows you to charge that. Yeah. And in the endurance world right now, we're in a crisis with that. That's a pretty wide gap. My, my biggest benefit, I think, I get from from a coach is you can find training programs you can find training Anywhere. plans yep. you can find that stuff mm-hmm. easy it's when you have to change them yep, yep. it's when something happens yep. either you get injured or you're traveling mm-hmm. or okay i just can't train these two days because family stuff needs me yep. how do you change the plan to try to still keep on track without losing the progress you've made that's where i think a coach yes is beneficial that's where a good coach is hu- is yeah. hugely beneficial and i think just as damaging in that situation as a bad coach. Yeah. Because a bad coach would look, well, let's just say that like, uh, I think I think me, me, me and Matt were talking about this. So me and Matt's systems, and I'm going to put Lance into this too, because I think Jake is going to be the odd bird at the table for this. Our, our systems, especially me and Matt, Matt, when you were training high volume, accept big volumes of training pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, like for us to get into peak race shape, we may have to absorb a little bit more volume than your typical sure. athlete compared, you know, you know, comparatively. Compared to Jake, because he can just like, Yeah. He can look at a bike and, and, <laughs> and get fast. Jake. Yeah, but, this, but, but, but the I thing wish is, that is was the problem. Jake's Jake's body responds very, very well to specific interval development in those shorter workouts. His body can get a lot of good, good vol, you know, good, Sometimes, good yeah. fitness out yeah, of that. I, yeah. If I hit that 10 hour week mark, it yeah. does good things for me. And for yeah. some people, 10 hours is massive volume. But I think when we're talking about that, like cat one, two level, like 10, 10 hours is definitely lower volume. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. And that was one of the things that I was worried about when mm-hmm. I got my upgrade to cat two was I don't think 10 hours is going to cut it. And I just don't have time in my life yep. for that. So yep. uh, that was kind of like the tough thing. Like, would I respond even better to 15 to 20 if I could live Lance's life? Absolutely. Yeah. I could get even faster, more fit. Yeah. Lose a little bit of weight. But but the thing is, is we don't, you know, I think also we look at you may have some diminishing returns at some point. Like like, yeah. like you may hit that 18, 18, 19 and be like, your body was doing better at that 12 to 15 yeah, maybe, yeah. Through, through a race season. Yeah. yeah. I guess but I'm I saying like, like a coach would have to make that decision. Exactly. And that's yeah. and that's the important part because, you know, you may type in, can, I want to win the Cat 1, 2 state championship. And they just spit out. They're like, you got to be on the bike 18 hours a week. Yeah. And you're like, that's not going to happen. But that plan, that's what it's yeah. that that's what well, it's given you. I don't think a coach is going to truly be able to tell you though, like, oh yeah, you're going to have diminishing returns as soon as you go over yeah. seventeen and a half hours. Unless like, you, you do it, you oh, a coach will th- tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. They might not know no, exactly. what they're talking about. But. How, how many kids do you have after the summer, Matt? Come up to you and be like, uh, so I looked at Nico Young's training plan, yeah. and he's running 110 miles a week. Should I run I 110? <laughs> Can I do that? They don't. They don't talk to me. So oh, gotcha. Good. Yeah. All right, so the question was, is paid coaching training plans worth it? Is the juice worth yes. the squeeze, Lance? Is the juice worth the squeeze for me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think training plans work, yes. 
coaching yes. how about I think coaching worth a squeeze i think coaching is yes i think it's okay. worth it i okay. think we've talked about this before in the past i think it's sure. worth it how about you evan yes if it's the right coach yes okay i think we're all in agreement mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go on board and say yes as well cool my question more about a product a part a thing mm-hmm. ceramic bearings oh that was on my list too is it yeah oh god all right they are <laughs> expensive as all get out usually uh. sometimes twice as much as a steel bearing or three times or three times as much so let's talk about bottom brackets let's talk about headsets and let's talk about pulley bearings going ceramic is it worth it is the juice worth the squeeze is it faster i i honestly don't know <laughs> isn't that horrible thing to say like i don't know it's so it's so tricky because um okay. you're gonna get longer life out of ceramic bearings theoretically okay. there's other things too like it should theoretically need like a lighter grease or lighter um lubricant within there so uh it sh- that should reduce rolling resistance mm-hmm. on a part you're also dropping uh, about half a gram there probably yeah wait wait yeah it's a huge. huge difference weight's huge okay weight's huge yeah. <laughs> uh, so i think it can be potentially worth it if you are using it for the ironman race or the time trial race yeah. or these short things like that um, otherwise I, I don't think it's worth the, the upgrade in price. I think that, you know, you're going to want to swap out bearings. I mean, is a it regular it, it, for is Apple's it their claim that, that they're, they're basically going to save you friction Watts, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Apple's, Apple's, Apple's for apples. If you were to put them right next to each other and yeah. price wasn't a factor, you're going to go with ceramic because right. after you install a bottom bracket that has ceramic bearings versus one with steel and you spin the cranks, you're like, Oh, no brainer. That just yeah. spins for days. Or you yeah. get a pulley wheel, jockey wheel, you spin that thing. If it's a, the steel bearing yeah. that comes with SRAM or Shimano or whoever, it spins around three or four times and stops. With uh, the ceramic bearing ones, you spin it and that thing goes for like minutes. There's well, obviously less resistance there. A lot of that is not necessarily the greatest test, like the how, how long it can spin, because you need to basically be able to spin under load of pressure. And so uh, it's not really like the easiest thing to see the difference unless you are actually you know testing it with wattage being pushed mm-hmm. through it. Um, and so a lot of that free spin has to do with just having a less viscous lubricant that's in there, which isn't needed, which, so, I mean, yes, I think that ceramic is faster. So you're saying that once you put load under ceramic, it's going to lose its ability to percentage of, well, I just think it's better than the the, look how long this thing can spin on its own. The resistance is going to be less. So I am saying that the, um, I wouldn't say the resistance is going to be less when you have, you should have, it should be easier to spin when you have that less viscous, you know, grease or whatever you're using to pack your bearings. Yeah. So here's a, I don't know if this necessarily correlates, but if I were to get you a milkshake, put a straw in there until you suck that versus a glass of water with a straw, which one's going to go through faster? It's the one that's going to be less viscous. You have to work a lot less hard to get the water out as opposed to the milkshake. And you can use, right, exactly. So you can use the thinner material, you know, the thinner, less viscous stuff on ceramic bearings. You know, a lot of times, though, those bearings are already cased, and you're, yes, you're just putting so, in a little bit of like grease that they're again, both going to get the same grease, and it's still going to spin a lot more freely. But, but when these bearings wear out, it's not necessarily due to you know a certain amount of mileage or whatever. It's conditions. You know, that, that place part. Oh, right? yeah. Like if it's raining and all this stuff, and it's gum, you know, those things get gunked up. Whether it's ceramic or steel or whatever it is, if you ride in the Pacific Northwest, yeah, you, you might want to go ahead and change it out every. 
for you guys maybe once a year. For yeah. me, it might be once every three years, depending yeah. on how much you're writing. I, I, actually, you, well, I actually may have some quick Google stats for us oh, here. Oh, Dr. Google. Okay. Now, this is from TriSports University, but they're referencing the Colorado-based company sure. Friction Facts. Oh, yeah. Which actually tests a lot of they this stuff. They got bought by... Sram? I don't know. They got bought by someone. Gotcha. Okay. They they basically boiled it down to oh, that the ceramic... They got bought by ceramic speed. That's who they did got they, bought by. Yeah. Did they get yeah. bought? <laughs> so they, they boiled it down to that. The derailleur pulleys are going to save you basically one to two watts. Mm -hmm. right. Wheel hubs is going to be about one watt. And then your bottom bracket is actually surprisingly only going to be half a watt. I would have really thought that the bottom bracket would save you more actually so, out of those three. So but price the, per watt is not good. No. To ceramic. The derailleur pulley seems to be... Like like you you mentioned seems to be actually your your is biggest that, saving. Switching to ceramic or switching to oversized pulleys because they're uh, that is switching to the ceramic pull. Yes, cer uh, ceramic speed. Yeah. Oh, the ceramic speed ones. Uh huh. That's okay. an yep. oversized That's pulley from from Dura Ace to the ceramic speed, which is the so oversized. some of that watt savings is because the chain doesn't have to take a tighter turn. The chain itself, so the, lever the chain increases. line goes yeah. like bigger, and so, so basically just the circumference of the pulley is increasing. So the yeah. lever. Is maybe increasing. I need to get our friends at BB Infinite on the phone. Maybe maybe they can they'll a little maybe, bit maybe they'll yeah. have an argument one way. Well, I'm sure they, they, they will. Saw both of them. I mean, oh, well, do they? Okay. Yeah. So. Well, but it's just it's just like you guys said too. Is I mean, if you're talking about less breakdown over time too could be saving money yeah. there i talking about less for it yeah i think the big thing is all steel bearings are not made equal so that's yeah, true as point. well there are very good i'm um chris king you know uh i think yep. those are steel bearings and those are like pretty nice you know stuff like he does you know i think he does his own custom i call him he but it's like a total company or whatever they have a very like tight production on how the bearings are going to turn out and then how they're packed so those are going to be pretty competitive with whatever, you know, is ceramic, but then those are also a little bit expensive. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't know. So ceramic barons, love them or leave them, Matt? I don't know. I told you that when I started, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this a fair amount and the answer is don't know. I mean, they're significantly more expensive, so I'll say leave it. I yeah, mean, okay. unless you're trying to like, you know, if you are Tony Martin trying to win the world championship in the TT, yes, there were. Well, and, if and not, no. I think a lot of times that's the case where it's like, use this for a time trial. It is faster. Yeah. So in that case, yes. For but I mean, even if you're day talking day, into a two to three watt increase, I mean, that's a lot of money for a two to three watt increase. Yeah, that's true. And I'm saying three being ambitious there, you know, sure. maybe. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I've never sat in on a testing room. Let the record show. Yeah. How about you, Lance? I don't think so. I don't think it's worth it. Uh, I don't think it's worth it. It's it, it's not as a big enough watt increase to make the cost. Now, are you saying that, generally speaking, for all parts and people out there? Yes. How about for you personally? I think I have some ceramic stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I have. Um, I would buy ceramic. I have like. Those, <laughs> yeah. I, have I would. I would have. If you told me yeah. you'll see, if you said you'll be 15 seconds faster on your bike split next year, I would probably go and buy them. I think I, it's this situation with me too, where it's like I have race wheels with them and race wheels without, and it's you know like to me, I'm thinking like, well, I might get more longevity out of this if I use you know this ceramic. So spend the extra money. Yeah. But maybe it's not worth it. Don't know. Yeah. Jake, what do you think? They're in my bike. They're in your bike. Yeah. But yeah. 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 It speaks for itself, I guess. So uh, do I like the cost of them? No. Well, but you also know how, I mean, I feel like, yes, they're in your bike, but you're getting a, probably a better price on them than, you know, someone else off the street who might just be ordering them online. That is true. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. it's. I think it's... If it's, I was being 
cost conscious yeah. and if i was just out training and riding and whatnot mm -hmm. or if i were going to build another bike that would be just for commuting or right. rain bike or uh, steel mm -hmm. bearings it's going to get the, the what, cheapo what so. about me like i'm coming to you i'm buying a bike literally i'm ready to buy a bike from tomorrow <laughs> anytime and uh and we have a choice on bottom bracket for example yeah. or wheels so if you you're just looking at like msrp of like a bottom bracket you can put a ceram dub bottom bracket in for like 45 or 50 bucks or right. you can put in the bb infinite ceramic uh single piece shell right for about 205 bucks so yeah you're looking at four time four time difference yeah. or so it's yeah. quite a bit it's a good bit different do you know also if you're a lot of watts really really aero helmets yeah helmets yeah. yeah, you know yeah. what? You know what? Gains? Well, you gonna gain a lot of watts riding your bike. Riding your bike more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's run through a few more real quick. We'll make these a little bit quicker. We'll try and go around the table one more yep. time before we wrap this thing up. Matt, go again. Right, Electronic shifting. Absolutely. We, we all yes. have we all it. love it. One hundred percent. Yes. That but is the price increase I will argue all day. I don't know. I'm just gonna is say it whatever really you say. Yeah. Whatever you say, I'm gonna go the opposite of. Well, no, so. because because I I know what you're gonna say is like we just argued about ceramics and yeah. bearings. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely not worth it. But electronic shifting, I'm like, it's so nice. I know about oh gosh, maybe 10, 15, maybe even twenty to one times that somebody was out riding tonk and yeah. their <laughs> derailleur cable broke. This yeah. yeah. And Guy Van happened on Guy Van on our yeah. One yeah. team ride. Sure. It happens yeah. all the time. It People happened to me cables. on. I was stuck on my nine speed the last time I rode that LA. I snapped the cable. But you can name the same that. number of people that have run out of battery on their DI2. Well, that's, yeah. that's that's on them. That's, you, that's, <laughs> that's a good charge point. battery. Dude. That really is a good point. Cable, yeah. cable maintenance. Cable maintenance. <laughs> well, no, those cables are eventually going to break. I'm just get, I don't know. I'm just yeah. giving you a hard time, Mr. Devil's yeah. Advocate over here. It's a good Devil's Advocate to play here, though. Well, it's interesting because. You can shift really well with mechanical stuff. And another thing, you're traveling to some obscure race and something breaks when you're putting the bike back together and you got to go find electronic shifting stuff a little bit harder. Yeah. Mechanical, you can probably find some cable somewhere. Yeah, but that may be changing over the next couple of years. I know, so you're right. Yeah, let me right. ask you another yeah. question here. Pretend that you don't know how to tune a bike. Pretty much everybody at this table, I think, knows how to tune a bike. But let's say that yeah. you don't. So sure. let's say you have to take your bike in once, maybe twice mm -hmm. a year to get a, a full-on tune-up because your bike just isn't shifting crisply. Mm -hmm. uh, the electronic shifting, 99 times out of 100, is going to shift exactly the way that you want it to yep. unless you have a bent derailleur or mm -hmm. you jacked yep. up something. Yep. It's always like it's always going to just work. Now, if you go back to an electron or a, a manual shift, like cable shifting, yep. You have to get that tuned up. You're paying yeah. for somebody to consistently have to service yep. this, and you're consistently God forbid to you've touched to the limiting screws. New, exactly. Or you <laughs> don't look at them. them. Don't look at them. Don't new, even look at the limiting screws. <laughs> new cables and housing because you're you know riding in the Pacific Northwest and that stuff seizes yep. up. So you're paying for these consumable parts that do break down. The electronic shifting I've been riding on since. 2011, I think it is. Mm -hmm. I've only had one derailleur go bad. Sent it back to Shimano. Sent me a brand new one. It was a piece of cake. That was the only issue I've ever had with that. Yeah, but at the same time period, it's the maintenance is so easy. It, it it's adds so up. easy. So it, I, I think those cost you, adds. They definitely add up. You can almost negate the cost difference if you're going to go with a low end like a SRAM Force or an Ultegra. Yeah. I think they might even be coming out with a 105. Oh, is that a rumor? It's a rumor that I've heard a few times. Yeah. Like eventually they'll come up. Yeah. Out. You, the thought process, though, is that it's always going to work. It's super nice. Mm -hmm. Cost difference might not be too much it's after a, you factor no, in over the course of time. Cost is still a lot. Okay, after you factor in things over time, but yeah. you're, pro you're probably looking at f at least five years before you make up for that cost, don't you think? Because you got to mm. think this is when you upgrade those components to electronic, you're talking at least I would think double the price 
From, oh, I'd have to go double check. I, well, especially if you're going from like 105 to Ultegra Electronic, yeah. you know, that's a big jump in price yeah. on components. But even You'd if really you're just going go, Apple's, if you're going Ultegra Mechanical to Ultegra DI2, I don't think the cost difference is like astronomical. I don't think it's 2x. I can go double check. I could right. be completely wrong, it's, but. You're right. I think it's like, you know, you're going from. And then there's the lack of frustration that you or like you don't have the inconvenience of having to take your bike to the bike shop and having to wait for it to come back for a couple of days yes. and then having to pay for that and then the frustration yep. of being out there on your bike god the stupid thing won't shift right or it's mm-hmm. this that and the other or a cable breaks while you're on a ride and you have to ride up penitentiary hill yeah and exactly <laughs> penitentiary <laughs> hill and, and you're almost biggest gear and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't know that's just electronic shifting is awesome yep it is and there's just something really cool about just tapping and it go. And, and I was a big yep. skeptic at first. Like, yeah. I, I think I remember when electronic shifting yeah. came out. I said multiple times, like, no, well, that's not worth it. Your TT bike was it. probably the first time that you had electronic Very shifting, Very first time, right? yep. yep. So it's, yeah, it's it pretty, it's pretty It took nice. me three clicks to be like, yep, this is what I'm sticking with it's for the rest of my life. more yeah. accurate shifting. Yep. And think about it on a TT bike, too, because you've got the yep. clicks at the end of your arrow bars. Yep. So you don't yes. have to put your hands down and start change it well i guess mm-hmm. on some of the other tt bikes you've got the shifters on the ends right yeah yeah, yeah. but they, if you're on, pretty standard but then you don't have, have them on the so you, the you have shifting in one location yeah. so one of the huge benefits of electronic shifting especially on a tt bike is being able to shift from multiple, multiple locations sure. yeah but also climbing bikes same thing a lot yep. of you know exactly yeah. i see it on tour riders where they have the climbing you know little yeah. switch but i don't yeah i don't see it that where that much elsewhere so mm-hmm. Pretty so cool stuff. everyone yes. is a yes on electronic shift. Yes, absolutely. Yep. It's definitely Having worth go. the extra absolutely. money. I was yep. going to say helmets, which I already discussed. Would you buy so the new era of like road legal aero helmets, uh-huh. which is kind of like the new thing now? Worth it or no? If you're racing, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely worth it. If you're yep. just a guy that likes to, a guy or gal that likes to go out for a family ride or just going out and get some fitness, I don't think 100 percent worth it. Yeah. yeah. gotta look sharp right gotta drop your family it is worth it I have one for Mm -hmm. racing yep for road racing not time trial racing and I think it's I won't say widely accepted but I think the the, the more people you you talk to really your biggest bang for buck for aero is usually gonna be your helmet yeah like when you're talking about like watt gainage versus cost maybe clothes Close to well, I mean, like bike Close position to yeah. too is position. You know, yeah, I mean, your your position, but Usually, you also got to pay for bike. Fit. They don't make low end aero helmets, correct? For the most part, not really. I don't so, think so. Yeah. Usually, when you get up into those little bit higher end helmet that's mm-hmm. going to be aero, one of the benefits that comes along with that is the fact that that helmet is generally a little bit lighter, and yep. I think that that is more comfortable, and I think mm-hmm. that's more sustainable for you if you're going to be in that bent over position for a long period of time, not having yeah. to hold that extra bit of weight up. Yeah. Absolutely. Just kind of my two cents on that. And if you're going to spend the mic on a t- uh, money for a TT bike, it is definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. Just because the position you have to be in, your head is literally the first. I mean, your hands and your head are the first thing hitting the air. Yeah. So Cool. So, yes, I think we all said yes. that. Yes. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Lance? Uh, carbon frame for a recreational yeah. rider. This is on my list as well. Yeah. Because you have options of steel or aluminum or carbon for somebody that's recreational. I think most racers race on carbon. Yes, I um, or titanium. Well, that's I was on aluminum. I think I think we should definitely. <laughs> I said most. I think we should definitely mention titanium. Yeah, because it, it looks to me like the prices are looking pretty good on a lot of titanium frames right now. But carbon frames is so much cheaper. Carbon chains than, are f- than yeah. titanium. Carbon prices have come down a lot. Is it worth it for an entry level recreational rider to have a carbon frame? Do they have Matt's kids? 
Do they have, do they have kids true. that like to beat things with mallets? Yeah. Hey, here's a mallet. What are we going to do with this? Yeah. Well, That's there's it. dad's bike. Daddy's bike. <laughs> Comes walking in the house. Dad, check out the seat stay. This is yeah. pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that the bike's going to be lighter. Yep. It's probably going to be a little bit more responsive. And those yeah. two things alone inspire people to go out and want to ride the bike right. more. If you've got a bike that's uh, aluminum or steel, I'm not going to put titanium in this category because I think it has a different road fill quality to it. Yeah. It's definitely got a different price tag. Um, I don't think that you're going to be quite as inspired to want to go out and ride, um, especially if you have that competitive bone and maybe you uh, download this app called Strava and you weren't going to want to go out there and beat some times, whether right. it be yours or your friends or KOMs. I don't think that you're going to have as much enjoyment out of a heavy bike that's you know, 25, 30 pounds and versus getting on a, a lower end carbon bike. Right. I think that there's going to be something there. So I'm going to say, yes, I think it's worth it. I do think just for the fact that the, the comfort level and the weight savings there. Compliancy is another yeah. one, yes. And and because the costs have come down so much uh, in the last several years, I think carbon bikes are worth it. Gotcha. I'll say no, just to mess with you guys. I'll say Forget I'll say you, no Matt. too with yeah. Matt here. Because yeah. think about it. like Forget you're, both you there's, stupid trash. There's no way. You, you, go, you go looking at aluminum. You're gonna get a m- much more affordable bike. Yes. Yep. If you're new to biking, you're talking about just go a thousand dollars less probably. And you may be crashing more too. And Potentially. Hope. Well, you could. They're very durable. In aluminum, frames. like when you're like, great. well, my my bike weighs two pounds, let's say less because it's a you know whatever because mine's carbon, yours is aluminum. They're not gonna notice that. They're not gonna. They're gonna be out. You know, if this is a fairly new rider, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we might notice two pounds on a bike, but there's majority of people probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I think aluminum is a great option for people. And I think, think it's it going to be a bit more than two pounds, but that's just my two sides. I think four pound burrito pounds. before yeah. I get on my bike. So it that's doesn't true. know. It's gonna be <laughs> that's a good question. If you just yeah. weighed frames, carbon Usually those aluminum. lower end frames are going to come with lower end components. True. Generally speaking, and you're going to have a bike that's yeah. anywhere from five to 10 pounds more. They're going to be pretty sick. But if we're just yeah. weighing frames, if we're talking about carbon versus aluminum, two pounds is probably. No, because even, even the ALR, the SLR. It's like no lie, it was like six, seven pounds. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if that was just it's the frame, but some of that's components. You have 105. When you're talking that. about just the base, you know, builds on both. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe the frame is, you know, like three, five, four pounds. Of that maybe. I don't think the components are going to be more. The than components, two I think, were a big part of that because you went 105 to force. SRAM force. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's mine. We kind of touched on this a little bit, and Lance and I actually kind of talked about it a little bit over the weekend. Whoop strap, worth it. Um. Well. Okay. So I think. I'll say no. I think uh, more and more, uh, you know, fitness watches, Garmin's going to yep. announce theirs soon. Uh, Polar has been doing it for a little while. We'll do very similar HRV metrics to Whoops. And so Whoops going to have some competition. I think Lance the past, was saying to the Apple Watch. The Apple oh, yeah. Watch with their, with their next uh, iOS update, the software update on HRV, the Apple Watch yeah. 5, there, there will be better HRV tracking with the Apple Watch. That won't come out till September or so for most of the world. That, I think the thing that's interesting about Whoop is in what I think a lot of people like is you are given this metric, like this simple number, like here is your like score that's the beauty of the whoop. which i don't think the other companies are doing no you get like for me i get like um an ans score and all these different scores and i'm like okay that's not really telling me the, like how am i doing their software system has boiled it down to Keep it, this is your recovery right. score percentage yeah. yeah and measuring your heart rate variability measuring 
uh, how well you slept, measuring your effort over the last few days, they give you this score. And so it's easy to see with just one quick number. So that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. So on this, on Polar's Watch, you've got what they, you know, they call an ANS score. And it's, you know, those are kind of um, some of the things like um, respiratory rate and HRV. And there's a couple of different things that they add into that yeah. score. Uh, and it'll give you a metric. But it's just different because you have that and then you have like how much you slept. There's a whole bunch of other metrics as well. I don't think it's quite as simplified. Um, but that thing that kills me out the whoop strap is you're paying monthly for it. So it's and a subscription service. That adds up. It is depending on how long you subscribe for. If you okay. subscribe for six months, it's about 30 bucks a month. If you subscribe for two years, it's like $18 a month. So it's quite a bit cheaper, and you get all the hardware for free. They send you the straps and uh, everything for free if you subscribe. Yeah. So, Matt, real quick, you said Garmin's coming out with something? They're going to update some software? They're going to announce it on the um, Phoenix 6 first. Eventually, it'll get rolled down to the lesser lesser known. So, in your uh, opinion here, being the... uh, I don't know. <laughs> the guy that does all the YouTubery stuff of uh, you know looking at all these devices. Do you think that Whoop will be around in say two years, or do you think these other uh, companies years. are gonna basically? I think cannibalize them. I think Whoop will be around in two years. I think it's potential some company would purchase them, but I don't know if it's there's a great value to purchasing Whoop because HRV is HRV. Yeah, they can't own that. So. It, no. it it the, the different companies Garmin, Apple, yes. Whoop, they all measure HRV just a little bit differently. And as long as you're doing it consistently, right? Because I get a very different HRV number from my Apple Watch than I do from right. my Whoop. But it's okay. because of when they measure that HRV, it's not a simple yeah. thing to measure. No, it is complicated to measure. Usually, it's like the recommendation is like first when you wake up. It's or it, middle of the night, right? With it's that. it's in your last section of deep sleep okay. during the night, so it has to be able to track your sleep patterns, um, REM right. sleep, deep sleep, light sleep. It has to be able to track those things, and and HRV is measured in your. I believe I'm thinking about this. Well, right. this is when Whoop does it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they measure it in your your last deep sleep right cycle of, yeah. of cycle of the night. And so, and I think Apple measures it just a little bit differently. So yeah, because you can measure HRV anytime. Yeah, but you want to do it consistently. Yeah. So, you know, one of the original recommendations was when you first wake up, do this with your, you know, because you could do this manually, basically, as opposed to having a watch or whatever you measure your HRV. But that's tr- probably trying to get it as close to those sleep cycles as possible. So. The best thing about the Whoop strap is the sleep tracking by far because not only it measures how much you sleep, but you you use a, a journal every morning that tracks what you've done the last day. How much caffeine did you drink? Did you eat before bed? Did you, right. um, it, it asks you all these questions that, so that you're able to track what are the things in my life that actually help me get better sleep? And huh. what are the things that... Is there an app for that? And that's where you built in. It all, it's built into the Whoop app. Do you use gotcha. it? I How do. How much caffeine did you have? I have plenty of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. And I still snorting those fine. Snorting those uh, monster <laughs> snorting drinks. Monster uh-huh. drinks. <laughs> hey, zero sugar, though. Uh, I think that Whoop will be around in two years. Yes. I think they're fine. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be around forever. 
I've gone back and forth with wanting to keep it. I've had it for yeah. a year and a half, and now I like. I really want to see those numbers. Jones on I those numbers. I Jones honestly, on those numbers. I don't think right now you would be satisfied if you, you know, yes, your Garmin watch might do something, whatever, but like, I don't think you'd be satisfied with that if you currently yeah. moved. That might be different in a year from now. And that might be the time where you're trying to make that decision. Yeah. That just because you leave Whoop doesn't mean they're going to go under. But the other thing about it is, is I might wake up on race morning with a crap recovery score. Right. Guess what I'm going to do? Go race. I'm going to go race. Yeah. I was about to ask you a, a, a tough question here. Does that number, those numbers you see, because I know friends of mine who have them, yeah. does that actually affect how you train and race? Does um, it actually change what you were planning on doing? If I have a really, really poor recovery score, yeah, yeah, I might, I might, um, I might not train as hard. But then again, would you know that anyway without that? Do you think your internal sense is, an, is I, I think your internal sense is, probably. you've been an endurance athlete long enough to yep. know when you wake up and you're like, it's not happening today. Well, um, like case in point, training camp or, yeah. or a five day or a six day stage race, you yep. wake up on day five and guess what? Your recovery score is crap yeah. because it's gonna be. You're, yeah. you've been laying yourself <laughs> yeah. out. Guess what you're going to do? I'm going to go you're out gonna race anyway. and, and train that and race anyway. Low recovery score at training camp is a badge of honor. It was. And, we, and, that's, have the worst and, that's, and that's also my point for that is, is it almost, I'm kind of against these straps to be completely honest, just, just because it's an important thing for somebody to look at for you, but I, I want somebody who knows that in, innately, like can, yeah. can develop that sense innately because that's, that's a bad part of that. I mean, Let's say you're a Tour de France rider and you're Egon Bernal and you're on stage 18 and you wake up and you're at 18% recovered. Do you yeah. think that's in your head when the yeah, move goes? Yeah, there's a right. psychological impact. What there. if it was 90%? Yeah. I, I genuinely believe, especially after reading the book Endure, that your like your own ability to limit your own performance, especially at those top levels, yeah. Yeah, is right. 95% of the battle. But yep. after yeah. wearing the strap for a year and a half... Yeah. Now I have data to back up why I feel a certain way. Yeah, and what, definitely. And because I feel a certain way or I know what kind of sleep I actually perform well on. Yeah. And what kind of sleep I perform like crap on. Yeah. And what things actually affect my stages of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, do I eat too late in the day? Do I have caffeine too late in the day? Yeah. Do I, you know. Now I want the whoop strap. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. all these things, and you can you can customize all those journal entries. Yeah. They have like 50 different things you can track. Do you think you I could learn to that? Track like five or six. Like do you alcohol. Think you can learn that in the two yeah. years. <laughs> you don't need to worry about yeah, alcohol. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, just take that off. Do, yeah. you, do you think you could learn that in two years and then be done with the whoop? Yeah. Reasonably. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do. Because it's like like I'm not sitting here and saying like oh that's not important. Like heart rate variability and how we met. Now I'm not. You know, I, I'm not super in tune with it, how accurately Whoop is measuring these because I know that sleep studies are tough. They're There's tough. a reason yeah, that tough. they reimburse very, very well. They yeah. are not easy to do and take time. Yeah. But I, it's just I think for endurance performance, there's so many factors that go yeah. into that. It's it's a True. terrifying amount of factors it's, that that play into that. It's one more tool. Yeah, and I wouldn't want it to be. I'd oh man if if I was coaching someone's like should I get a whoop strap it would depend on the athlete yeah if it's an athlete that's in there like Lance fine with it good you yeah. you you understand yourself if it's an athlete that's kind of in their head a lot that'd yeah, be the last thing you. on planet Earth I'd want them to yeah. get their hands on I'd be like please God do not buy the whoop strap I have woken up with red recoveries recoveries mm-hmm. you know less than thirty percent or less than twenty yeah. percent and and raced. Well, and done great. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're an athlete. I'd be like, that's good. Lance right. can have this. You, you were in the Ironman world long enough to know, you know, some of the 
the people who go into transition that next morning, you're like, they just look like they just saw a grizzly bear. But like, <laughs> right. could you imagine if one of those people and you're coaching them and they saw a 15% recovery the night before a race? Honest, so I wouldn't even point. look at my numbers no. the day so, before a race. So no, I, I would just be like, nope, it's I don't want to know. Yeah, assume it's 99. Yep. We yeah. have like five teammates who actually have whoop straps and yeah. we all we all actually compare. We compare. We we're on a team on our whoop app so yeah. we can actually see each other's numbers, yeah. which is it's just really fun and yeah. cool. But Surratt, Chris Surratt is one of them. On race morning, he doesn't look at it. Yeah. Good. He smart. just doesn't. Smart because it doesn't matter at that point. It's 99. It's, we're going to race. So we're race. just not going to look at those numbers until. I want to almost join this club just yeah. to see how <laughs> awful I am at this. <laughs> 18 bucks a month. Perfect. I could see I could see how bad I am for 18 bucks a month. <laughs> Wearing a second device on you is the worst part. Yeah. The battery lasts like five days. And the, and, but, I don't ever take this off. I don't ever take it off. Now, what if, do you think Whoop would actually maybe push into the arena of becoming more like a Garmin and having more metrics and maybe a, a watch that you can see on there and just adding more information for you? I don't, that's, that's a good a, question. That's a dangerous marketplace to try to enter. But they're the already making what they're market. making. And one of the knocks for me, I don't want to wear a second. I don't want to be double fisting. <laughs> I, I have wanna, things on both wrists. Watch, yeah. I have a watch on one wrist and the whoop strap on the and other. And a mustache on his lip. He looks ridiculous. I am ridiculous. <laughs> Now, the Apple Watch, when it comes up with its update, let's say it's pretty darn close. Would that give you cause to want to ditch the yeah, strap? I would. Okay. The, the knock on the Apple Watch is the battery life sucks. Correct. I, I get 10 hour, or ten days out of my Phoenix 6, and that's going with quite a few things. that is, I can actually change it to where I can get like two, I think 14 or yeah. 18 days or something like that. But I want certain metrics, certain data, so I get 10 days out of it. With your Apple Watch, you get it, what, day and a half? You get a day and a half or so. Um, it does charge very quickly. So if I want to wear the watch while I'm sleeping at night, I take it off during dinner time and let it charge for an hour or two before uh -huh. I go to bed. And it's usually fully charged by then. Gotcha. So instead of letting it charge all night, you have to have enough forethought. Right. And actually, with the new... With the new HRV software that's coming out for the Apple Watch, it will give you a reminder that says you don't have enough battery life to make it through the night. Go charge your watch. Huh. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So I thought their recommendation was take it off during breakfast and charge it up or something. But well, maybe whatever. I mean, the same difference. Yeah. Still, I think that's pretty. I don't know. It's tough because these watches do so well, like two weeks or whatever, and yeah. you don't have to charge. You almost forget that you right. ever have to charge a watch. Wait, Garmin watches, or the Polar, yeah, or the Polar, Suntour, but yeah. Yeah, I just think that there's something ripe there for like Garmin or if Apple can somehow increase their battery life and if they're going to hit those metrics or if yeah. um, Garmin can have a, do a better job of maybe providing the same data. I don't know. I, I, I don't see a bright and shiny future for Whoop unless they can change their game a little bit right. and give people a reason to want to wear their stuff over all of the other units. As sell now, to, Whoop. Sell now. Sell, 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 <laughs> sell. Yeah, right. yeah sure. Absolutely. So around the table, love it or leave it, Matt? Personally, I'm going to leave it. Evan? Leave it. Leave it, Lance. I love, love it. it. Love it. Love it. Mm. I'm on the fence. I'm going to err on the side. I'm going to leave it. Yeah. I'm going to wait for the mm -hmm. other companies to kind of catch up. Just rely on my little body body battery. I think that's what yeah, it is. That's what Garmin so, calls it. Yeah. Cool. I know that we're getting really long into this one real quick. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw one more out there, a little bonus question. Okay, hot and, seat one. Go. Hot seat. Strava Premium or Strava Paid Service. Oh, that's love on it. my list. Love it. The end. <laughs> love it. Love it. Nope. Match. <laughs> Matt, did you sign up yet? I have not signed up yet. Uh, come on. really pissing me off because they've taken away you so many features. You know as soon as that bike <laughs> gets built, you yeah, need to yeah, sign that's up. True. 
They're it's trying good. to. I'm paying for too much stuff right now. They're, they're trying yeah. to make their company viable. They're trying to to push on into the future, and I think that they've done a really good job. For they need to be profitable. Do you know how not fun 2020 would have been without Strava? Oh yeah. yeah. That's Can true. you imagine what <laughs> what cyclists your average wouldn't count? No, it would have it never happened. It has to be it recorded been, on Strava. It would have been something that I did by myself for way too long yeah. for With, no reason. Without <laughs> without Strava, that is true. Without yeah. premium Strava, that is false. You That's could have true. done That's it with the normal Strava. But they are reducing features to encourage people to pay. Yeah. But Matt, I judge my self-worth now by where I land on KOM lists. So. You should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the route planning, I know they took away that, but I mean that's a. An, an, but they uh-huh. also bolstered it. They made it better. Haven't used it yet, but I still need to learn it. Yeah. But um, all I've of the things it. that you get out of that, and the fact that again, probably wouldn't know you guys without Strava. True. Yeah. I think it's totally worth it. Sixty yep. bucks a year. I don't know, five bucks a month. I can afford that. Worth it. Worth it. Worth yes. it. Matt, you're still on the fence on this, or are you? I ride my bike come every on, day, though, Matt, so for me, it's Matt, worth it. Come on, yeah. Matt. No, I mean, I do something every day, running or swimming or biking. So, I probably will eventually have to succumb to the Strava Premium, but I'm going to hold out for at least another month. <laughs> gotcha. So, eh, it, meh, meh, meh. It. yeah. <laughs> All right, one last thing, Evan, go. Oh boy. Oh, I'll just put it on the spot there. Uh, somebody watch Zwift, uh, the Tour de France thing, so they can tell us what happened. Because I really somebody don't want so to have to watch the whole it. race. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Go, Matthew Vanderpool. Lance, one last thing. Uh, pay for Strava Premium. <laughs> get a whoop strap. Buy a carbon bike. That's there all I go. got. Sweet. Matt, one last thing. Go to the YouTubes. Follow me. I promise I'll post a video sometime. I don't know what it's going to be mm-hmm. this week, but it might be uh, something about the Wahoo element Rome or um, could be something about uh, checking out people's um, pain caves yeah. uh, or potentially a video about me selling all my bikes. Something like that is going to get posted this week. I don't know what. All sound cool. Did me and Cassie win, by the way? Uh, you're going to earn yourself some stickers. Woo! So, for sure. <laughs> Gotta watch the video to find out, right? Watch some videos. <laughs> uh, my one last thing, look for some YouTuber over here too this week. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a little video coming out about some electronic bicycles. Yeah. Some e-bikes. Oh, e-bikes. Mm-hmm. That's Starring that's our awesome. own Lance Hepler and his uh, lovely wife, Brandy Hepler. That's correct. We Should be fun. We stars. are the uh, models of the... Uh, stars of the circus, yeah, really. Stars of the circus, <laughs> really. <laughs> and then yeah. Evan will be starring in a second video... Who, the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> was, to our COVID YouTube channel. Are you going to put out two videos in one week? Because you're going to make me look bad. <laughs> I'm going to try. I might die Jeez. doing it. And a podcast, too. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Evan's doing a little video. Was it Plyometrics? Is that what we did? I on? believe so, yeah. yeah. So that should mm-hmm. be fun. And then look for some more pictures and whatnot. Go check out all of our, uh, I guess, all of our places that you can look at social media stuff like the YouTubes. Uh, Dialed Endurance Lab or just the Dialed Lab, mm-hmm. I think, is what we called the YouTube yes. channel. Where the we're going to actually have... All things dialed are going to be in there for mm-hmm. the most part, I think. So, And then uh, you can check out um, Matt's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mlegrand, M-L-E-G-R-A-N-D. Don't get confused by that other Matt Legrand. He's a phony. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't put up a new video in a very long time either, yeah. has he? Well, Is he still know. around? How's Matt doing? He's doing great. Okay, good. <laughs> and finally, for our Patreons, thank you again for your support. We really appreciate it. The battle of the champs um, will roll on. <laughs> that will be fun to watch roll out. If you yourself are interested in becoming a patron, go to our website, dialpodcast.com. You will see it right there on the landing page. Click on that link, and it will take you through to Patreon. And if you want to just go on the interwebs, 
to patreon.com search for dial podcast and there are a bunch of different options ever in there for you to uh look at and be a part of so should be fun i think next week we're going to do another drawing we didn't do one this week because it's not going to be an every week mm-hmm. kind of thing i think there might be a pair of socks on the line oh socks. yeah so we'll come back and nice. um all of the patreons anybody that joins between now and then as well will get their name in the uh the little bucket thing that we used and what if one of the Champ Baileys wins the drawing? Well, they, how are we gonna? They, oh yeah, they, how are we gonna find then out? Then we have to send. We're it just to gonna be the like, real Champ Bailey. You have to give your real name. Real name. We have to figure out who it is. Uh, they'll probably send in like a PO box or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> just have to get former Denver Bronco Champ Bailey's address, and we'll just send it to <laughs> him. Like, why somebody send me socks? <laughs> All right, guys. Podcast one twenty four. Oh, I think that's a wrap. Anything else? I Thanks love for having good. us. Cool. Yep. Thank you for coming in. To everybody who listened, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye for now. decided to shave your mustache. It's not as straightforward as you might think. First off, reconsider. Remember that the mouth brow remains the clearest expression of masculinity a man can have above his waist. So give it 24 hours. Do a few things that only a mustache man can do, like investigate a crime or paint a mustache painting. Next, let your woman touch your lip rug one last time. Assuming she doesn't like it, make her touch it. Remind her what she'll be missing. Spend some time alone with your flavor saver. Pet him. Tell him a secret. If at this point you're still determined to annihilate your soup strainer, so be it. Some guys go straight for the razor. That's horse scat. This is a new experience for your face caterpillar, so you've got to be gentle. Start with scissors and slowly cut away a few hairs here and there, speaking reassuringly to your lip blanket. Once your cookie duster understands and accepts what's happening, get it done. Resist the temptation to indulge in temporary mustache shenanigans. Now is the time to officially say goodbye to your booger broom. It's normal to cry at this point. Gather the shorn hairs together and make a llama stash. Finally, give your dearly departed dirt squirrel a traditional Viking funeral. Send him to the Nordic gods of facial hair upon a flaming raft. As regret inevitably sets in, don't lose heart. Your grief is already nourishing the roots of your next nose neighbor. The cycle of mustache continues.